weighted blankets. And man, those things put me out like crazy. I, I love my weighted blanket. Oh, oh God. I'm, I'm just out, out. I mean, I'm yeah. normally a heavy sleeper, but that thing just puts me down. Yeah, and like, holds like, you like, down. Oh, yeah, like coma <laughs> levels down. I'm just like not waking up for nothing. Yep. All right. We are live. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 223, your mm-hmm. once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm Steve. And this is X. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment. Tonight there will be some Star Trek. We do read all Super Chats on the air so long as they will not permanently demonetize my channel. And we do drink alcohol on the show. And if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shout outs as we go along. And last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get access to the exclusive Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome community that hangs out over there. All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. Yes, and this is my little bobblehead. Oh, yeah. This This is Baby X. He's ready to host. Yep. He's ready to host. Yep. He's got some insight yep. into he the is, diaper industry. He is ready to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. He is uh, just a couple days shy of three months now. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Filling them diapers with great efficiency. Yes. Yeah. Absolute master at it at this point. <laughs> well, you know, they say it takes like a couple months to, to you know, a couple hours to master stuff. Yeah. So he's he's past the apprentice stage. Oh yes, yeah. He he's well on his way to uh, journeyman at this point. Yeah, he's a journeyman <laughs> pooper. <laughs> uh, yep. He is. Uh, he has been awesome. He's definitely starting to get a personality now. He's smiling a lot more. He's uh, having a good old time lately. He's got a good good taste in hats. Yes. <laughs> Uh, he actually has a flat cap, and he loves wearing that just as much as I do. So, oh, really? Yeah. So they should have had him wear that, and then you guys could have been twins. Yeah. On there. Yeah, we uh, we were twinsies uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So no, me and my son, we have a twinsies leather jackets. He's bobbleheading around. Funny. He's bobblehead. All right. Say good night to the people. Say good night, everyone. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Oh come on! Give him, yeah. give him at least a smile. Give him at least a smile. No, nothing. Oh, oh. he's a mama. He's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. Yeah, he wants to know. Yeah. I think he wants to stay. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. He's not spitting on you, so he doesn't. That's right. Good night, kiddo. <laughs> Mwah. Night, miss. All right. We have what I hope is a good show for everyone. Uh, we've got a lot of Valve news tonight to get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a takeover in the industry that uh, is affecting me more than I expected to read in the news this morning. 
Uh, let's see. We've got a little bit of beer news, both local and international. And we've got some Star Trek news to finish out the show. But first and most importantly, Steve, mm. what's in your glass tonight, buddy? Well, nothing yet. But I will tell you what I have to drink. Uh, very first, I think I might open this one first and go go big and go home. It's the <laughs> Hop and Frog... Frog and Schlaschen? Frog and Schlaschen. Frog and Schlaschen. Frog and Schlaschen. Yeah. A 14% Swiss-style celebration lager. Is that the 15 and a half or something percent? It's it's the 14.1. It's kind of like, I think this is the Hop and Frog's version of like the Sammy Claus or something like that. Okay. Hold that thought. So keep explaining it, but hold that. Yeah, I'll be right back. Okay, uh, I'll just keep going through the rest of the beers. If you guys haven't had anything from Hop and Frog, I highly recommend Hop and Frog. They produce some really, really great beers. In fact, their Otis, uh, Otis, yeah, I think it's Otis Stout or something like that is is, is like rated one of the best. Um, I also have an Imperial Peanut Butter Cup uh, Milk Stout right here by um, who makes this? Ingenious. Ingenious. Yeah. Ingenious, yes. I have not had this one before, but this is a 10.1%. And last but not least, uh, and Jeff, uh, people from the Northwest are going to get this. Uh, Jeff will get this. Um, people not outside our area probably won't get it, but I have the Wake Up, Wake Up Tom Peterson beer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, it's a Vienna style lager with coffee. Um, and for those of you who don't know who Tom Peterson, uh, back in the 90s and 80s, he was a, a very famous uh, local guy who would sell electronics. Yep. And uh, did he do furniture too? I don't, I don't remember. But What didn't that guy sell? Uh, he sold a lot of stuff, but he had all these super cheesy commercials yeah. where he'd offer people free haircuts if they came in, yeah. clocks and all kinds of funny stuff, uh, watches with his face yep. on it, the Tom Peterson. Yeah, we, <laughs> so, we had a lot of... Uh iconic for portland but a lot of iconic commercials especially in the 90s yeah. and, and early aughts um you had the the video only the right the, it's always it's the it's been the same conversation for 25 years oh yeah they still have that they, on the radio it's still the video going only. right still there it's still there i think it's the same one it, it's <laughs> it, it's the same people it's the same man yeah. and woman having the same conversation about they're buying you know, tvs that they like have a tv in every room now right and every including including closets yeah they buy so many tvs yeah yeah uh anyway no, you were it, uh yeah. you were introducing the uh your hop and frog mm -hmm. um yep. i happen to have this interesting little can oh. right here Oh, that looks that looks very very similar. Right, same uh, size, right. This is the Hop and Frog uh, Chorus, the Qua the Quasher, qu <laughs> Quadruple Imperial Stout. Woo! Fifteen point seven percent. Yeah, this one's this one's close to that. Yeah, and I can see why it's in a small. I, I went. Because... I understand the eight ouncer now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I I bought brought a snifter yep. just to just to be special and yep have the proper glassware for this and everything. Uh, oh, yeah. For the second week in a row, uh, I am not drinking. Uh, it's been 11 days now, 11 days, um, something like that. Uh, but uh, I'm still dealing with a lot of pain right around my rib cage, and under doctor's orders, uh, I am completely dry. Uh, so 
I am going with uh, about as dry as you could possibly get on this show. With uh, Starting with a bottle of uh, kombucha from Brew Doctor right here in Portland. This is the Superberry. There's uh, a good look at that. Uh, Superberry, raspberry, blueberry, goji berry, and oolong tea. So, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I do. I don't. I don't mind kombucha so much. I've tried some of the alcoholic kombucha. Yeah, I did not care for it uh, personally. Yeah, it contains zero percent juice and less than 05 percent ABV. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh! Wow. Look at this color. Well, that looks like kombucha, <laughs> right? In the pour, it has like this iridescence to it. <laughs> at least from my side i don't think it's showing up on camera at all can't i can't do a john pour here yeah well this is going to be a high abv so it's not gonna it's oh not cool gonna so so between head. us we've got like a seven percenter yeah exactly we can divide whoa this this is some potent smelling stuff Ooh, i like that one Ooh, that is tasty <clears throat> This is powerful stuff. This is very boozy. <laughs> so this is, I mean, it's good. It's got some great caramel notes to it. It's mm -hmm. got some. It's not. It's not a stout. So it's. A, it's a. It's a swish style celebration lager, which I'm guessing is just a high ABV lager. Yeah. Mm. But like a lot of high ABV things, it's got some good caramel notes, almost some figgy notes to it. Mm -hmm. Something you expect from a big beer. But it's not like as thick as like a bourbon barrel aged stout or something like that. It's definitely a little bit on the thinner side, but still. Yeah. Really good. Uh, let's see. We got a couple shout outs to get here, to get to here. Uh, Novella Hub drinking an Adroit Theory Cure for Knowledge Barley Wine. Mm. 13 and a half percent. Oh, Adroit Theory and Barley Wine. Oh. Those are two words. I, I just, I just want to get my mouth around that. How can you go so, wrong? No, you cannot. All right. Uh, Jason's drinking a white Russian nitro from left hand. That's a solid one. Oh, I had one. one of those before. Yep. Yeah, that is a good one. Yeah. 8.9%. Uh, mm -hmm. Big Sky's got a Voodoo Ranger Juicy Force Hazy Imperial, uh, 9.5% IPA. Hmm, nice. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, Reverend sipping on a double tropical smoothie double IPA from Decadent, 8.9% and a four out of mm. five on untapped. Oh, yeah uh let's see is video only is video only a northwest thing i believe they are only in the northwest i believe they they're are they're northwest. middle oregon to southwest washington they're like eugene to vancouver um so i've never seen them or heard of them anywhere outside of like the willamette valley and then greater portland which we just call vancouver mm. <laughs> <laughs> vancouver portland light yep portland light yeah. portland two to electric boogaloo. <laughs> uh, uh, Lee is drinking a nice Aberfeldy, uh, or Feldy, excuse me. Aberfeldy? Yeah. 12 single malt? Yeah, yep. that's a good one. Aberfeldy 12. Excellent. Magic Rat is drinking one of my favorites, Jameson on the Rock. There you go. Uh, Tech Geek sends over $5. Thank you so much. Uh, evening, gentlemen. Good evening, evening yourself. To you. I think, uh, oh, wait, we have one more. Uh, Michael Stevens is a Topo Chico hard seltzer, which I've never heard of that before. Topo Chico. Topo Chico. Hmm. 
not I've heard yeah, hard seltzer, obviously, but right. not, no Topo Chico. No. Jim Grady's got uh, Seagram Seven straight. Mm. Excellent. That's that's one of your staples for whiskey, right? Mm. Seagram Seven. Yeah. Water in the form of ice in a bourbon count. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, Nick Myers. My goodness. Oh my goodness. Sends over Thank a one hundred dollars so super chat. Thank you so much, Nick. Uh, Craft Computing, I've loved your content for so long. I thought I'd help out. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That is awesome. Much appreciated. Keeping our beer fridge stocked. That's right. (laughs) Very cool. All right. Well, that's getting the evening off to a good start. It is. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump into a bit of news, starting with the one that kind of caught me off guard this morning when I read the headlines and was woken up by Twitter. Uh, Akami, or Akami, or however you pronounce Akami. it. I've always known him as Akami. I don't well, know if that's I, correct. I Akami. I, I just remember, like, <laughs> from the South Park episode where they bought the game, it was Akami Gamesphere. It was Okami Gamesphere. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is Akami. <laughs> Akami, Gamesphere. yeah. Akami, Akami, not Okami. Anyway, this is Akami. Uh, has entered a gre- a, uh, an agreement to purchase Linode. Uh, you all know Linode. <laughs> Uh, probably one of the most prominent sponsors that I have on this channel and definitely a right. huge supporter of the channel uh, for $900 million. Uh, not a wow. small acquisition, although I will say probably less than I thought uh, Linode yeah. would be purchased for. A um, little bit of history about both companies. Uh, first off, Linode started in 2003 uh, as pretty much one of the first infrastructure as a service or spin up virtual private server providers. DPSs, yeah. Right. Um, You know, there weren't a lot. Cloud wasn't a word yet. They were just a, hey, do you need to host a server? Well, we'll host it for you kind of thing. And uh, that always did quite well for them. And in fact, today they provide just about any service you could want. Um, You know, block storage and, you know, software as a service, infrastructure as a service, um, application hosting, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, so they've been around for a while and are obviously been quite successful uh, and have always been independent. Have never taken money from outside yeah. sources. They've you know built their own business and yeah, it's quite impressive. Uh, Akami is a fairly large player in the hosted data center uh, field. Uh, you might not know their name, but I guarantee you log into an Akami server literally every day. Uh, Akami is uh, what I know them most for, and I'm not sure if this is like their core business or just part of it. Uh, but what I know them for is for content mirroring or server mirroring or geolocation diversification. Mm-hmm. Uh Essentially, Akami hosts data centers that host mirrors for content that you go to. Uh, The two that are closest to me, I know there's one in Portland and I know there's another data center in Bellevue, Washington. Uh, Those are the local hosts for Oregon and Washington. Uh, For most end providers like Comcast and you know, CenturyLink and, and, and whatnot for internet service providers. Uh, they are the local nodes that host uh, Microsoft updates and Netflix and uh, a host of other very, very large services. Uh, if you go to one of those services, that's not a Facebook or Amazon data center, you're probably going to a commie. 
so as far as a hosting service, they are very, very large. As far as the business that Linode is an expert in or, or has built a, a following with, that is spinning up individual services and being available to individual users, small and medium-sized businesses, Akami has no presence there. And so as an acquisition for Akami, this this does make a lot of sense, at least right. from an outsider looking in. Uh, this gives Akami more, uh, well, just another section of the market that they could start yeah, you know, branching out into and diversification is always good for any business. It always makes sense when, when instead of like spinning up your own and having it, you know, all the R and D being costly mm -hmm. and then having to compete against people like the node, you just buy them right? <laughs> if you can. And then you automatically have that tech uh, and then you can just try to integrate it into your system. Now, whether it's going to be a good purchase for them, yeah. 900 million, uh, or was it? Yeah. 900, it million. 900 yeah. million. Okay. Now that, we're used to seeing numbers like in the news when we're talking about Microsoft acquiring like Bethesda and Activision Blizzard, looking at billions of dollar acquisitions. Mm -hmm. This is uh, relatively small, but um, yeah, you know, I couldn't buy it. Right. I mean, maybe for eight hundred million, I could maybe swing it. Nine hundred. Yeah. A bit of a stretch. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I I was on the phone with my bank earlier today, and I and and I they said uh, seven hundred fifty mil max offer, and I went, I'm out. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Too Can much. Too rich for my blood. <laughs> um, uh, Novella Hub wants to know, is Linode still a sponsor? Uh, I actually uh, had very, very short conversation with my uh, uh, contact at Linode uh, earlier today. Yes, they are still a sponsor. Uh, everything is status quo until we know otherwise. Now, let me see if they have, yeah, here's the slide I was looking for. <clears throat> the reason I say this kind of makes sense as as an acquisition for Kami is Linode handles cloud, VPS, personal cloud, small, medium business. That's their wheelhouse. Akami is full-on data center hosting. Um, so if they can kind of bridge the gap between the two technologies, mm -hmm. host Linode spin-up services in Akami data centers and vice versa, you know, give Linode more places to be instead mm -hmm. of just the 11 data centers that they have globally right now. Like Akami has 11 data centers within a 500 mile radius of me. Like, yeah. So geographically, this is a pretty big win for Linode if they end up spreading services like that. Um, you get a geodiverse platform to host on and Akami gets spin-up services that they normally would not have available to individuals, small and medium businesses. So it does make sense. And according to this, they're kind of wanting to keep the Linode branding at least on the low end of things, which is where they've always been. And Akami will keep the branding on the high end of things. And as far as cloud and edge services, maybe they'll mix the branding. Maybe they'll they'll combine them. I don't know. Um, but for the time being, Linode is still a sponsor. They are still a service you can buy into. Um, mm -hmm. I, you can, still, you can still use Linode on the commode, <laughs> right? Drinking kombucha <laughs> and, um, yeah. So as far as I know, 
everything's just going to stay the same. But there's no bigger red flags during a corporate acquisition than yep. we're going to keep everything the same. You know, yep. Linode was successful yep. doing this and they will continue to be successful. Like <laughs> you didn't just spend $900 million to yeah. collect the hundred million that they'll get in revenue this year. Like speaking, speaking from experience, I've, I've, I think I've been worked for a company that's been acquired at least four times. Mm-hmm. And they say the same thing every single time. Nothing's going to change. Da, right. da, da, da. And, and at, the beginning nothing really does change much but it's a slow creep and eventually usually there is a major uh mix-up or shake-up at the top end of the the purchase company yeah. usually yep um so i i predict that eh, some things will change but not too much initially yep so uh we'll have to wait and see uh i mean at the moment i have I I don't have anything bad to say about Akami. Like, I, yeah, I've, it's not like they're an evil company, or right? Anything, but... and, and like I said, I've worked not with them, but tangently with services I mean, that they've hosted and uh, been involved in in some things around that. So their their headquarters is in a volcano, <laughs> and they do have access to nuclear missiles, but they're not evil, right? They're they're it not just, evil. It was just it was uh, just there was an, a good market for. Um, evil genius layers right when they wanted to branch out i mean the real estate market took a crash they they, yeah. they jumped on that volcano secret island uh, yeah. uh they did have to re-sculpt the head so it was more fitting of their their image because you know it had the dr evil eye patch and things like yeah. that <laughs> and you know you can't just be landing your plane in yeah. the mouth of that you've got to yeah. completely rebrand so yeah. you know they gave the gave the volcano a little nip and tuck and yeah it looks good it's a nice friendly place now So yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with this. Uh, Anwar says, cheers from Forest Grove. Hey, neighbor. Well, that's right. There you go, Forest Grove. Then he knows exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to... <laughs> I think I think there I think there was a Tom Peterson in Forest Grove area. I... There used to be. Well, his main one was off of 82nd and Powell, I think. Yeah. It used to be. Yeah. But he had other, other stores all over the place. And I think there was one in Forest Grove. They're all gone now, but... Yeah. Uh, volcano layers are super cheap. The current Evil HQ is all glass. Uh, yeah, that might be true, but I'm I'm also gonna have to. I mean, based on that, I'm gonna have to redraw my plans for my secret lair. Like, I, I was gonna go with the all glass facade, but I don't want that uh, hanging over me. All, all joking aside, I've always wanted to buy one of those uh, nuclear silos that were for sale. There was one a couple of weeks ago that was for sale yeah. in Wyoming. That mm-hmm. was. Uh, 8,500 square feet or something like that. It was uh, six stories deep. Yeah. And I went, how cool would that be? Yeah, that's going to be awesome. It's like, ah, what can I do with that silo? <laughs> I'll just put a big trampoline at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make, it, fill it, make it the world's largest ball pit, you know? <laughs> uh, have the kids surfaced yet? <laughs> yeah, I know. Just throw them in there. They'll come out. By the time they're 18, I hope. (laughs) Yep. All right. Moving on ahead. A little bit of Apple news that I think is interesting, but interesting in kind of the reaffirming what we went over a couple of weeks ago. And that is that Apple is going to be launching four brand new M2-based products this year. Mm -hmm. 
but the iMac Pro will not be one of them because they're going to be launching that in the middle of the year. So instead of putting their best silicon in their iMac Pro, they're going to launch the iMac Pro with the M1 Max and then launch like the M2 three months later. Because Apple. Because Apple, Pro. Yeah. Yep. Because they have a built-in base that will buy pretty much anything that's brand new. Yeah. It, if you want to make a 27-inch iMac, cool. If mm -hmm. it's not going to be your bleeding edge product or it's going Why? to be obsolete within two to three months of launch, it's not pro. Those those things don't go together. Yeah, it's pro supposed <laughs> to be your flagship. Right. Someone should tell Apple that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so this is the second rumor in as many weeks that Apple will be launching an iMac Pro sometime around June. Uh, with a an M1 Max CPU. Uh, this will be the same CPU or very similar uh, that is currently in the highest-end MacBook Pros. Uh, no idea on price, but it is said to come with an incredibly beautiful display with as many as 4,000 yeah. mini-LEDs and 1,000 local dimming zones in a 27-inch screen. So I, I was I was looking at the specs on that screen and it is pretty impressive. Uh, and and that's one thing that Apple does do good is their monitors are clean. Yeah. They're, oh, they're great. Their always love awesome. Apple displays. Yes. yes, they're very good displays. Outside of their software, eh, I'm not too big about that. OSs and stuff like that. But yes, their monitors are great. Right. But you can use those monitors on anything, really. Yep. No, I've I've always loved their monitors. I've always loved haven't always been in love with Apple. <laughs> no. <laughs> We've had our differences. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I used an Apple display when I was in college. Uh, mm -hmm. Like 2003, 2004-ish. I would... I, I had a, a G3 Power Mac. And mm -hmm. that was one of my main desktop computers. And I had the giant 21-inch Sony Trinitron uh the the blue translucent shell. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not the oh, iMac, but the the right. monitor. The, the blue translucent. Yes, the monitor yeah. one. I had yes, one I've of those and to, the matching tower. I always wanted to hollow those out and turn it into a fish tank. Yeah. Well, I, I had a number of iMacs over the years too. Um, I, I used to run a, a photo business, and we used those for uh, point of sale and uh, photo capture stations mm -hmm. because they were fairly inexpensive and they didn't need mm -hmm. to be all that fast. I mean, we're talking, you know, late Pentium, early core duo days. And I'm going, right. you know what? A 700 megahertz G3 gets the job done. That's fine. So, That's fine. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I've probably owned 10, 12 G3 iMacs in my day. I've owned a number of Emacs in my day. I've owned mm. probably close to 12 or 15, uh, of the first generation 17 inch iMac Intel uh, units. The, mm -hmm. the I had a couple core duos with X1600 uh, ATI graphics in them and mm -hmm. uh, a number of core two duos with GMA 950s. Yeah, I, I've owned a lot of Macs. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I barely, I think an iPad and an iPhone 5 are like the only products mm -hmm. of theirs that I've actually owned and used yeah uh, that was about it well i've never i mean i've used their desktops before and i've worked on them before mm -hmm. but i've never owned any of them yeah oh 
speaking of evil lairs, <laughs> uh, Google's in the news. Yeah, that's right. Right. Uh, so do we all remember about a month ago when Facebook took the single largest leap off a cliff as far as uh, market cap and company valuation oh, and oh. stock market history? Remember that $230 oh, yeah. billion dollar drop that they took? Uh, yeah. That was because Apple decided to make privacy settings opt-in only. And what I mean by that is by default, they're not sharing crap with anyone unless, unless you specifically you allow it. Mm -hmm. uh, and shockingly enough, 97% of people didn't yeah. opt in. <laughs> so, uh, because Facebook couldn't just take all the analytics that they were collecting off mobile phones anymore, mm -hmm. uh, at least off iOS devices, their market cap plummeted by $230 billion. Well, now Google is set to do the exact same thing with Android. That's it. That's the news. <laughs> That's it. Now, I guess they did say that it is slightly similar um, and that there's a slight change to it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, Apple is not being as pissy about it. I mean, I read the article all the way through. Right. That's what they're saying. Although it could just be PR. Mm -hmm. You know, saying like, you know, they don't want to cry about it or anything like that. Maybe. I have no idea. But they did say that uh, uh, <laughs> they, that Google did criticize Apple's approach. So it didn't really like Apple's approach and how they did that. So theirs is slightly different. I don't know if it's going to be 100% you have to opt in type of a thing. Right. I'm not too sure exactly how they're going to implement it. But um, yeah, it's interesting. And it is interesting. All three of these companies, Apple, Google, and Facebook, all have ad del delivery services. Now, mm -hmm. Google obviously has the largest ad delivery service. Uh, yeah. Facebook has some ad delivery services that you can use APIs and plug them into websites, but that's not really their bread and butter. Their bread and butter is going to facebook.com and viewing the ads mm -hmm. that Facebook hosts themselves. And they serve up a lot, man. Right. And, <laughs> so and that's similar to Apple. Apple doesn't have any third-party APIs to plug into websites, uh, but you can use uh, Apple's ad delivery for apps that you put, that you create for iOS, and Apple will serve those ads for your applications. Uh, Google provides ads to just about anyone who wants them. And any place. Anyone, and any websites. place, anywhere, any size, yeah, any yep, scale. Yep. So yeah. they all have an interest in collecting your data. Uh, Google obviously has the largest interest in collecting your data, uh, mm -hmm. although I might temper that with Facebook. I think it's more core to their business operations to collect everyone's data than it is to Google, although. Well, I think I think a good majority of Google's business is their ad revenue service. Right. Um, I mean, yes, they, they have their irons in a lot of different fires. Mm -hmm. But the one that's been that's been basically solid the whole way that they don't want to touch is their ad serving service um, because they really don't want to rock the boat that much. They, that's I believe that's going to be their biggest source of revenue is their ad service. Yeah. Um, anyway, Google is looking at forcing some kind of privacy change inside of Android uh, that... I don't think Google is going to bite their own hand off, but no. they're certainly looking to remove options for uh, data mining from third parties. Right. Uh, so 
it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what's announced. Uh, they said sometime in Q2, I believe, is what they were expecting yeah, this, they this said. official announcement and details to come in. Mm -hmm. So sometime yeah, before this, July. This... Yeah, the article didn't really go into too much detail into how Google was going to implement it, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I don't think that actually has been specifically announced at all. Right. Whether that's going to affect Facebook that much, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we'll see if Zuckerberg short circuits a little bit again. Yep. All right. All right. So, so now that uh, now that uh, there's no alcohol in that kombucha, are you chugging it faster? Or? Uh, you actually drink yours faster than me, and I think Steve froze. Steve, Steve. Oh, great! Zoom unexpectedly quit. That's that's always oh, great. There we go. Hey, you're back. Did you come back. You're back. I see you. Okay, there I am. I'm back. <laughs> but na but now that window came back. Dang it! I moved it before the show. Did anyone notice that today? That you actually moved it. That I actually way. moved it before the show, uh, so I didn't have to drag the mouse onto screen again. And here Zoom goes thwarting me. Anyway, that was a straight up Zoom crash. Oh, that was Zoom crash. Yeah. Mm. Well, because I know there's some people in the talking heads that are saying there's some compression issues that they're seeing. Which, which is weird. They're saying there's some compression issues in my little feed when I put my monitor down like this. Mm -hmm. I don't see them on my end. So right. People want to bring back the Defiant. They don't want me. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, there we go. I'd rather look at that ship. So mm -hmm. it's a good little ship. <laughs> uh so how is that beer treating you? This is I'm actually really liking this yeah. a lot. But of course, once you get towards the bottom of a 14% beer and you're not enjoying it then something's wrong mm -hmm. or you're drinking like a malt liquor. Um, this is definitely uh, sweet, caramely, malty, not too hoppy, just a very enjoyable beer altogether. Nice. Yeah. I mean, 14% dark lager. Yeah. 100% <laughs> like a winter warmer type of a beer. Oh, something, yeah. something that makes me wish I had like a big, big arm back chairs and fireplace and, like like John's new new, right. new side of his set over there. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Bring back the Tura sisters. <laughs> uh, I should have had the Dura sisters on standby. I really should. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, thank you, Elmist. Little. Yeah. Someone had to say it. All right. Um, this kombucha. Very very solid. Like. Mm -hmm. really really good the nose is like a farmhouse ale uh and i'm normally absolutely put off by that uh yeah but well kombucha does kind of it it, it it's always had that kind of dirty socks yeah anyway. it's it's a little it's, little skunky it's a, yeah a little skunky the flavor on this phenomenal there there's, there's no, some there's raw camp go ahead go yeah ahead. go ahead <laughs> rock rock kombucha is is hard to take. I can't take raw yeah, kombucha. Yeah. I don't know if you ever had that before, yeah. but kombucha with with like fruit juice and stuff like mm -hmm. that is it's pretty good. It's really good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this has uh, raspberry, blueberry, goji berry, and oolong tea. I can really taste the tea coming out. 
like it's it's a great little kicker flavor to the end uh without being all that overpowering but the flavor is not skunky or sour or fermented you know farmhousey at all right right it's just yeah good. some of that raw kombucha stuff that i had before oh i could not take that that yeah. was that was i i've, I've seldom dumped out liquids like that yeah i'm just like i cannot finish this this is bad all right moving right along we do have a little bit of valve news uh and i could not be more excited for how valve is handling the steam deck Mm -hmm. i'm ticked about the name because they know darn well they're stepping on the stream deck uh name uh regardless of if they're similar products or not one's a gaming handheld one's an oled you know, hot button thing that you said on your desk, but it still ticks me off that they stepped on Elgato's toes. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, but that being said, in the name of consumer rights and right to repair and all that is good, Valve is even going above and beyond what what I could ever fathom or even ask of a company. Uh <sighs> Normally, if you are a third-party manufacturer and you want to make accessories for a Nintendo Switch or a 3DS or a PSP or an iPhone or whatever else, you don't get to just call Apple and say, hey, Apple, can you send me over the blueprints for your iPhone so I can get my tolerances correct? You have to measure and extrapolate or 3d scan or collect reverse engineer reverse engineer collect the data yourself and then build a product based off your own collection um and that's pretty standard for a lot of case manufacturers and accessory manufacturers Mm -hmm. um valve is doing this a little bit differently if you want to make a case for the steam deck here's the cad files to do so you just knock right yourself ahead. out and not even mm-hmm. just you know a carry case let's say you wanted to build your own shell with custom you know hand grips and you know contoured for you and you alone mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah there's the cad files modify them to your heart's content that's right you could basically print out your own case for it right print out your own shell for it however you want your own pattern <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was really cool because one of my main criticisms, again, I haven't been hands-on with the Steam Deck, but one of my main criticisms is it's kind of large and bulky. And one thing that... Oh, do you, do you have yours already? No, I don't. I, I've, oh, don't I have, have not yet. received okay. hands-on with a Steam Deck yet. Um, I do have a very early reservation. I have a Q1 reservation. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think I'm in the first shipment, but I think I'm like two weeks after. Getting that. up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, one of my criticisms was if this is supposed to be a portable gamer, it's a little bulky for that. Like the especially the the hand grips. Now I'm sure it's mm-hmm. fairly comfortable to hold on to. Um, but are the ergonomics exactly the way they should be or is this thing actually I know it's not pocketable, but when I'm traveling on a plane, is this something that I'm going to throw into a laptop bag? Yeah, it's a lot of space. If you consider, you know, do I take my telephoto lens or my Steam Deck? Like, it's getting (laughs) up there. Uh, The ability to have the CAD files and literally print your own custom enclosure. That's awesome. That's 
Yeah. I want to make the hand grips like brass knuckles, so you can just put your hands, slide them right in there, and just go. Oh, so okay. like brass, brass knuckle grips. <laughs> Am I going to beat Linus to the punch on this and say he's just going to make one out of solid gold again? Yeah, probably. Probably. Because instead of, instead of, well, you can do brass yeah. instead of gold. You can afford brass, right? I could do brass. I've, I've got a CNC brass. machine here. No brass knuckle, brass knuckle uh, seam deck. That might be kind of fun to uh, see if my CNC machine out in the garage could be precise enough to machine out of brass a, a steam deck enclosure. That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. I don't know if I want to spend that much money on, I mean, brass is cheap, but it ain't that cheap. <laughs> No, it ain't that cheap. I mean, you're, it's not It's not like uh, 20 bucks worth of brass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's going to be a little more than that. But you know what? It would be pretty cool to have a nice shiny brass case for your Steam yep. Steam deck. Yeah. Oh, I, I know people are going to have some. They're going to they're gonna figure out ways to make, like, all chromed out <laughs> Steam decks <laughs> and stuff like that. It would be cool. Uh, it's just a surface map. None of the inside geometry is included, according to Sea Turtle uh, over on the Yeah, I, I wouldn't think that it would. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But hey, you're halfway there. Yeah, you're halfway there. Yeah. I mean, I've got a 3D scanner here. Could probably take care of most of the rest of it. Yeah. But you would be able to mold a case around the shell with it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you can make a carrying case, no problem. Um, but... Uh, like I said, I'd, I'd be curious if uh, someone could make a replacement enclosure and what that would the look whole like. Thing, yeah. Next on Craft Computing, Brass Knuckles to Discipline Rhett. <laughs> I, I have more sinister ways to handle, you know, employee discipline, so. Yeah, he's got whips. Yeah. Whips on whips. No, doesn't work on Rhett, though. He kind of likes it. Right. <laughs> Uh, in other news, and again, <laughs> in a step forward for the consumer and consumer rights and the right to repair, Bravo. Yes, Bravo. Another another great move by them. Another gay, great move forward and something yeah. that should be embraced by, let's just say everyone, manufacturer and consumer alike. Valve is partnering with iFixit to sell official Steam Deck replacement parts. These are OEM uh, the original parts that you would purchase as part of a Steam Deck, let's say a ribbon cable broke, or you dropped it and you ruptured the heat pipe on the heat sink, or your vibration motor goes out, or you, you need a new D-pad. Order one. Install it. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be to the point where, I mean, I don't think you could just like build your own, you just order the parts from them right. and build your own, right. print out your own enclosure, put all the pieces together. <laughs> I mean, they should have, like you were talking about, you, you were, you were, because they have, you can print this thing out, you can put all these other replacement parts on it, mm -hmm. and you were complaining about the name, it should have been uh, Steam uh, Theseus's deck. Because they can replace so many of the parts. <laughs> uh, did you get to bed on time last night, Steve? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I did not. I did not. Uh, Dual bearded tech says haircut looking good. Craft computing. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, let's let's just say I was a little uncomfortable with this haircut at first. Not that it's a fantastic haircut. Uh, mm. 
this is my first professional haircut in over in right around two years. Like I went, I went March 11th, 2020 to, and I remember the, the day of my last haircut, uh, at a, some establishment, uh, March 11th of 2020 until February 14th. I got it cut on Valentine's day. Um, nice. yeah. A love cut. Yeah. Uh, and this was actually a barbershop that I found and they did a fantastic job. I mean, the fade is just awesome. Uh, but this is the first asymmetric cut I've ever had. Uh, like it, it lays weird when I wake up in the morning <laughs> and, and I actually have to do something with it. And it's cut with a style in mind. And I've, I've never really had that. I mean, I've been to a barber before, but it's been like five years since I've been to a barbershop. Um, so going to a barber who, just went, yeah, you need to do it like this. I went, okay, cool. And have they, have they get you to buy some hair product too? Or, uh, no, he, he just goes, no, what's your routine? Like, and I said, I like to wake up in the morning, take a shower and do nothing and then hand comb it to one side. Like, yeah. I, like I wake up and I kick it left and he goes, yeah. you need to kick it right. Kick it right. Trust me. You need to kick it to the right, bro. Yeah. He goes, you need to kick it right. And, uh, that's why I'm here. So you tell me what I need to do. And he goes, yeah, you can still do that. Don't need any product or anything like that. I'll I'll make it work. I went, sweet. Nice. Yeah. No need to upsell on any moose or anything like that. Right. I mean, I got, you know, a spiked haired Jeff. Well, it'd be kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. For a day, you get a little moose in there. Yeah. Some frosted tips. I can make that work. Spiked hair. Yeah. You know what? I I made it all the way through the 90s and aughts without frosted tips. And <laughs> I don't think I need to go back. Oh, you haven't lived unless you had frosted tips. <laughs> They're great. Uh, do I need to call your wife and make sure you make it to bed on time? She's not home. She's not home. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. As long as it passes the wife test for the haircut. I, I walked in yeah. and, and my wife goes, I think that's the best haircut I've ever seen on you. Oh. And I went, well, hello. There you go. What are you doing tonight? Do we need a fourth tip? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm trying the... Um... Tom Peterson mm -hmm. here. Um, actually, a big, big coffee flavor on this thing. Yeah. Even though it's got a light color. Wow. Yeah. Um, it is a lager, so uh, you know it's expected to be light. But man, it's got a big, big coffee flavor. Kind of surprised. Mm, that's not bad. Uh, pull a Brian Brushwood and go uh, spiky hair. I I'm not doing the Elmer's glue look. <laughs> that's actually how he did it he did a video on how he used to spike his hair and he would and take elmer's glue. glue and like hold it up and spike it like that and and pull Oof. pull up individual strands and and turn them into cones that were like this tall like that oh. used to be how well, he did his hair that kind of had i think john one time a long time ago for a halloween party he came as a troll doll uh -huh. like the troll dolls with the with the hair yeah yeah so, and he still had his long hair back then. Uh -huh. And so <laughs> I, I helped him do it. I basically hung him upside down <laughs> and took took a can of hairspray and a blow dryer and just bundled his hair with one hand, 
just doused it with a bunch of hairspray and then dried it immediately with the hair dryer yeah. and then let it go. And it, and it did. His hair <laughs> stood straight up like this, like a troll doll's hair. It was hilarious. That's amazing. It only la- I think it only lasted like a couple hours before it started flopping over. But yeah. yeah, it was good for a while. <laughs> That's good. I think I have a picture of it somewhere. But no, Elmer's glue will make it stick straight. Yeah. So next time he wants to do that. Yeah, I'm sure everybody wants to put glue right in their hair. Yeah. It's like a great idea. Elmer's glue washes right out. It's water soluble. No, it does. So, and it also makes it look like you're peeling skin off your hand. Too. That's right. Of course, everyone's did that trick. Right. Yeah, yeah. Who didn't like that trick? Who did? That's awesome. Right. Uh, Anwar, what's your favorite go-to IPA? Remember, this is the guy in Forest Grove. So, uh, local. Steve, what's your what's your go-to local? Oh my gosh, my go-to local. Uh, for a good Northwest IPA would be Boneyard, a Boneyard Hop Venom. Yep. It'd be like one of my absolute favorites that are here. And then if I see it and I'm like, a lot of times that are, are RPM, mm-hmm. Boneyard RPM is also yep. a, another good one. If I see a tap house and if they have it there, that's probably, if there's, if there's one that I have not tried, I know that's a good one. And I'll usually go for that one, either the RPM or the or Hop Venom. Yeah. Um, Cryostash. Who makes that one? Cryostash. Uh, that's uh, Hop Valley. Hop Valley. Yeah, uh, they're out in Bend. Uh, yeah, uh, Hop Valley. Actually, I think there's. I think there's further south. I think they're like um, Ashland or something like that. Are they? I think. I'll make, I don't think they're Bend. They were Bend. Uh, Hop Valley Hop Brewing. Valley. I'm pretty sure they're further south. Springfield. Than Bend. Okay, Springfield. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. They're they're not even as far south as wow. They are as far south as Ben, but they're yeah. more east. Okay. Yeah. West. I mean. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wow, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hop Valley Cryostash. That is that is my go-to. Inexpensive. You can find it in mm-hmm. most grocery stores, uh, Safeway, Seven Elevens, etc. It's usually between two fifty and three fifty for for a tall boy for a pint. Yeah. And uh, delicious. That that is one of my favorite go-to IPAs. The the Hop Valley is my favorite variety pack. Yeah. Like when I go, when I have people coming over and we're having a party, and I want some beer that is fine for everybody to drink. I'd go Ninkasi over the Hop Valley pack. Really? I go with Hop Valley because they always have, they have their staple. They usually have Cryostash in there, which is good. But they always have an extra one that's new. Yeah. They've they've got Bubble Stash. They've got, They'll do the Bubble Stash. They'll do Panda Stash. They'll do a whole bunch of them. But there's always something different. So- I know that there's something there that everybody will like, but there'll also be something new that I would like to try. So that's why I always go for the Hot Valley variety pack. Yeah, see, Ninkasi does the same thing, uh, but they have, in their standards, they have Dawn of the Red, uh, which is their hopped red ale, um, which is fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. They have Tricera Hops and... Which is good, yep. Uh, Steady Orbit are their three kind of staples in that pack. Steady Orbit is is I think one of their newer. It's one of their uh, newer ones, but it, it yeah. kind of took the rotation over. Um, gosh, I don't remember what the other one was that used to be in that pack, but uh, they have another one in that pack now. And their their seasonal right now is uh, Citra Orbit. I want to say Citra Orbit. Oh, okay. Uh, Citra something. Yeah, I, I don't complain it, about it's a citra hot uh, ninkasi's yeah ninkasi's variety pack is great too right it's fine right but I, I they're a little i think they're a little more expensive than the hot valley one is though i'm not 100 sure I, I think i think they're a couple dollars more yeah but they're like it's just a couple dollars difference it's not huge yeah uh people in the discord are recommending gorilla adhesive spray for your hair <laughs> for your hair <laughs> i doubt no way 
<laughs> that stuff is bad news, man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the stuff that expands after a while too, right? <laughs> so you start out with a spike, but then you end up with an afro. It's an aerosolized cyanoacrylate glue. So yeah. it's it's super glue on steroids. It, it, yes, it is. Gorilla glue is super glue with the accelerant already in it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. What about Vortex IPA by Fort George? Ah, that's okay. That's not, that's I like not my favorite. I like, I, I like Fort George. I like their um, their uh, Christ Knife is good. Knife. Um, and they do every year they do their uh, the th- three way IPA. Three way IPA always, and uh, Magnanimous IPA. Yeah, magn- always always yeah. interesting their three way IPA because it's something different every year. They use uh, a collaboration with a different brewery and they do different hop profiles. So I I tend to like uh, the three-way IPA. Yep. But no, yeah, most things from Fort George are fantastic as well. Like, you can't go wrong with a Fort George beer. No, Fort George is great. Yep. All right. Uh, Speaking of all that beer chat. Yes. uh, Now. Dang it. Really, for the second week in a row... This is going to sign me out of my uh, Google Sheet mm-hmm. in the middle of oh, a show. Oh, so you don't know. In the middle of a show. Yeah. There we go. My security is too tight. <laughs> there we go. There we go. It's back in. Speaking of good beer, you know what else is good? Today's video sponsor, Linode. Today's episode of Talking Hands brought to you by Linode. If you ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software for most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad blocking, recursive DNS server, VPN gateway, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode also recently announced they are the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. In September, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates will remain at the same low price they always have been. Visit Linode.com slash Craft Computing and get a $100 60-day credit when signing up for a new account. That's Linode.com slash Craft Computing, and thanks again to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, Linode. Thank you, Linode. Steve was getting thirsty. Yeah, I was. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, someone posted the uh, on the Discord here. Someone posted some of the um, Valve... A deck. Oh, nice. CAD drawings. Yeah, they're good. Very cool. Yeah, it, it's not often you get a peek behind the curtain at things like this. Right. Yeah. And it's even less often that you get a peek behind the curtain legitimately. Because mm-hmm. we've all seen the Nintendo source code leaks. We've all seen, you know, uh, dumps from various, you know, nefarious ongoings of the internets uh but uh getting to just straight up look at the blueprints for the housing for the steam deck it's pretty cool i i would think just overall valve as a company has been probably one of the more uh consumer friendly companies 
offering support for mods to games to mm-hmm. you know an area to to put reviews and uh, you know, community participation with their discussions and forums and everything like that. And then now with the hardware that they're putting out, they're allowing basically the same thing where, hey, here's the printout, here's the CAD drawing. Go ahead, community, do what what you do best and, and make something neat out of it. Yep. Because honestly, that's, that's going to, uh, when you take a device like that and personalize it yourself, mm-hmm. That's going to be the thing that you use. Yes, there's a lot of, like, Nintendo, the Switch is a handheld thing. But if you have a handheld device that you personalize yourself, you're going to tend to use that service more than you are the other ones. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it's a smart move in their part. And it seems kind of counterintuitive, but I think it's actually a real smart move. Right. And it's very, very consumer-friendly. And I think people are going to are, are really going to... Uh, uh, appreciate it and uh, glum onto it. I, I've been saying for a long time that a lot of companies are so... Cons- it, it's the stepping over a dollar to pick up a dime. Uh, right. You're screwing over your customers because you want to eat... You want to monetize literally every aspect of a transaction. Um, it's it's BMW uh, you know, being BMW that is charging right. astronomical amounts for repairs and, and whatnot on you know, things that should be commodity items for a car. Um, And unless you're someone who buys a brand new BMW, drives it for five years and then gets rid of it, that's great because you've probably only ever had one or two problems with a car over the last 20 years. If you buy a five-year-old BMW, good effing luck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, like the German cars, they're great, but good god do you never want to handle maintenance on one of those yes i know um so the fact that valve is coming out and just giving the blueprints away and making available all of their parts uh through ifixit that's just fantastic that is great it's a consumer win and it makes Mm -hmm. people want to buy from valve again uh versus i've had a number of different vehicles, some of them not all that old, that I have had a series of bad experiences with, and every time it's more money out of my pocket instead of the vehicle manufacturer making it right. And uh, guess what? I don't want to buy that brand car anymore. Yeah, you soured that exactly. relationship instead of just taking care of yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's Valve is working as a uh, consumer friendly company mm-hmm. that makes people want to use your service because of that right and as opposed to like well we have the lion's share of the market therefore we can do whatever we want they haven't right. even done that and they, and as far as like pc gaming going yes they have competition there's gog there's epic and stuff like that but instead of locking themselves down and trying to crush the competition they're stepping it up and making it more customer friendly and making it that well, people don't want to leave. They can. Mm-hmm. I mean, Epic's trying really hard by giving away a million free games. <laughs> Just like, and I, I mean, I have an Epic account because of that. And guess what? Every single game in there except for one is free games that they gave out. <laughs> right. So. But hey, it only costs them $4 million to make a paying customer out of you. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the, the game that I didn't get for free was a game that I got from free someplace else. So <laughs> I still haven't paid a dime off of Epic. <laughs> All right. Uh, I do have a. I I did receive a package today. 
Oh, nice. Um, and so I wanted to open that and kind of go over beer mail. Whoa, beer mail. Uh, can't drink any beer of it. Beer mail. Yeah, I can't drink any of it right now. Yeah. But I might as well go over it. Uh, this is from John Jay. Very good friend oh, of the John channel. Oh, John Jay. Thanks, John Jay. Thank you, John Jay. Uh, let's see. From Southern Tier Brewing, it is the Cold cold Brew Coffee uh, Pumpkin Nitro. Imperial oh. Pumpkin Ale. Ah, uh, Southern... Okay, so um, they... Southern Tier puts out pumpkin every year, but I've never seen the nitro before. Pumpkin Nitro Imperial Pumpkin Ale, 8.6%. Now, I don't know if, if you like the pumpkin beer, or did you get sick of the pumpkin beer the one time that John basically did a tap takeover in I, his tap house with everything was pumpkin beer? I like pumpkin to a certain extent. Right. Uh, it is so overdone. It's mm -hmm. often not done well, mm -hmm. but I, I like a good pumpkin pie. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna gorge myself on it though. I'm 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 not the kind that you know from August to late October is like, oh my god, give me pumpkin spice everything. No, right. That's you know, not, not I'll have a piece like. of pie with with my Thanksgiving <laughs> meal. Like I Angie, like it. Angie absolutely loves the pumpkin beer. Yeah. And, and actively seeks out pumpkin beer when they come out. Uh, we still have some flying around here yep. somewhere. Woohoo! I love this can art. Holy crap! Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is from Treehouse Brewing. It's a double IPA oh. juice machine. Okay. J J J U I C E E E machine. Treehouse is one of those uh, breweries that are a lot like uh, Great Notion. Yeah. Highly sought after. Great Notion, Anchorage. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Fairly, fairly new, too. I think they're they're only a couple years yeah. old. Uh, another one from Treehouse. This is the Double Shot Technicolor. Uh, Imperial Stout, 10.8%. Mm. We've got a... Unlabeled uh, from Trinity Brewhouse. Uh, these ones are always a little bit scary because this one is just there something. This one is just handwritten at the bottom. It's handwritten at the bottom, okay. and it just says pumpkin. Oh, <laughs> now the reason I say this is usually a scary can to get from John Jay and Trinity Brewing is they do some like hand canning there, and they'll they'll sell yeah. you this can. Um, the last one that I got was a strawberry ale, and it was seventeen and a half percent. In how was in it? A, it was phenomenal. Oh, good. From what I remember. Okay, because <laughs> once you got towards the end, you forgot everything, right? Seventeen and a half percent. I do remember I had two beers on Talking Heads, and then in the after party, uh, usually what I like to do in the after party is just pour myself a little snifter of whiskey and just kind of mm -hmm. sip on that, and that's my evening, you know. Mm -hmm. Two, two mm -hmm. pints and a little snifter over four hours. Not a big deal. Um, well, I had my little snifter of whiskey, and then John Jay convinced me to open the strawberry ale. Oh, and then that's 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 when all hell broke up. So, so after a night of already, like, I'm, I'm drinking. You know, I'm, I'm, yep. I'm loose. Yep. Uh, I had a 17.5% strawberry ale. I've had those evenings myself. And a, and a full pint of it. Uh, ooh. ooh. From Lord Hobo. Lord Hobo Brewing, Doom Sauce, Black Double IPA. Oh, you know what? I don't see much anymore. 
Is black IPAs. Black or dark IPAs, IPAs, yes. Black double, 7.8. They were like all the rage a couple years ago, yep. then all of a sudden, nobody wanted to drink them anymore. Uh, from Newport Craft Brewing and Distilling Company, uh, Malasada Stout. Imperial Stout with milk sugar and cinnamon bun extract, 11%. Wait, cinnamon bun extract? Cinnamon bun extract is what it says. So did they get cinnamon buns and then put them through a juicer? I, I, and, and then... I, I don't know, but how I... Do you, how do you get cinnamon bun extract? I don't know, but I'm here for it, is, <laughs> is what I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, from Single Cut Brewing. Very interesting can. Hmm. Uh, this is the Razzle Dazzle Razzle Drone Double Dry Hopped Imperial IPA. Eight percent. Eight percent. Yeah, that okay. they really went for the double dry hopped imperial IPA, which I don't think they should have because it's still only eight percent. Like if if you're like at ten five, yeah, you can give mm -hmm. the the double nomenclature to both, but don't. Well, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's double as in double malt or do they mean double as in double well double dry hop because you can dry hop something twice right to it, give that it's, extra it's, hoppy it's flavor. It's DDH, so double dry hop. Okay, so it's double dry hop. Right. And then as opposed to double as in like they doubled the malt. Right. And then yeah. Imperial IPA, IIPA. Uh so they're talking a big game for an 8% beer, so we'll we'll see how yeah. that one delivers. We'll see. Yeah. Uh and again from Single Cut, this is uh Softly Spoken Magic Spells IPA. Oh. Uh <laughs> what's fun and what's funny is spells. What's funny? Yeah. This is eight point six percent. This is a bigger beer than the last one, <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's not a double. It's huh? just IPA. Okay. All right. Thank you, John Jay. Uh, I look forward to drinking these in another month. <laughs> <laughs> when your doctor says when you my can. doctor says okay. See, you just got to bring those with you on your next appointment, yeah. and then the doctor will see that treehouse and be like, "Yeah, you can have that." Yeah. Um. So. Uh, Ooh, we got a $25 super chat from Tech Geek. Oh, thank you. Missed that one. Thank you, Tech Sir, uh, I'm off to bed because work. Have a great night, guys. If you put this toward the Steam Deck, a uh, hunk of brass, I want my name engraved on it. <laughs> uh, is this similar to, have to do is it. this similar to an <laughs> NFT? Like I'm selling you the naming rights to the brick of brass? Like Yeah. You could you could donate your your name will be etched on the brass casing. Right. There you go. Right. That's how you can fund it. I'm just gonna start selling Steam Deck and NFTs. Like, there you go. I think that's the way to to fund my drinking habit. Well, that's you know what though. Then you'll actually you can actually give them the physical object. There you go. Something. Yeah. But why would I do that? I mean, it's it's my Steam Deck. Yeah, but you just give them the encasing. That would be it. Oh, there you go. That would be yeah. the only thing. That's the only thing they get. They still have to buy the deck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> How come they don't have like like okay NFTs are basically just pieces of art on a blockchain or pictures or whatever on a blockchain? Yeah. Now what couldn't you could do a physical object with uh, something on a blockchain too? A physical object is potentially fungible though. Uh, yes, that, that's, that's true. The thing because it's non fungible. It's non fungible NFT, token. Yeah. And They're so fungible. the token itself. You can fung it because it could be worth something besides the the yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And so. 
Well, you could take a picture of the physical object and then just give them the picture and of the then, physical object. Let's say you own that, but, but it's not going anywhere. But it's anywhere. still only the receipt for the original object. <laughs> it's only object. the receipt for it's the original not, object, yes. It's not a, you can't do anything with that original object. It'll still sit there, and you could still say you technically and, own and it. And the picture of it, it's you still don't own the picture. It's it's like it's like when you got late Christmas gifts. You own the metadata a, to the picture. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when someone someone bought you this and it didn't get shipped in time for Christmas and they cut out a picture and they give that to you for Christmas. Right. Say, this is what I got you. You got me a clipping from a catalog? Right. Great, thank you. Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I want to get into the next story, very, very much so, but I want to yeah. grab my next beverage real quick. Because sure. they're non-alcoholic, I didn't want to let them warm up because uh, screw that noise. Yeah, so. it's most most likely it's going to be better cold. I don't know of any other. Well, outside of alcoholic beverages, room temperature beverages that are non-alcoholic, I don't know of anybody that's uh, that's like considered to be good. I don't know of anything that's either you drink it hot or you drink it cold if it's non-alcoholic. All right. I don't know of anybody that drinks things non-alcoholic that's room temperature, besides like beer. Yeah. Um, or whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, room temperature liquids just. Well, but yeah, but like like you want whiskeys and stuff like that. You want those room temperature. Some people like right. them cold. Right. But a lot of people will like them neat. At room temperature, right. and there's some stouts that they that people like room temperature. Right, stouts, stouts are like stouts and whiskey is pretty much the only beverages that I can think of that I prefer at room temperature. Right, I don't know of any non-alcoholic drink that you want served at room temperature. Right, and even most alcoholic like, drinks. Like, I would, I would like, I would like a nice tepid Pepsi. <laughs> it's like no one says I want my root beer room temperature. That's the way oh, I like that's it. That's the worst. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tastes it's like either, acid. It's either warm, like tea or coffee or hot cocoa or something, right. or it's ice cold. Like you want your soda cold, you want your water cold, you want your your juice cold. Yeah, uh, sake. Although sake is usually heated, it's not. So, but no, sake, sake, sake is also alcoholic. I'm saying a right. non-alcoholic. Right. Like I, I understand the reason for wanting a room temperature alcoholic beverage because yes, you, there's different flavors that you get from it. Mm-hmm. But I've I've never seen somebody like take a room temperature Pepsi and be like, hmm, I could I could just taste the aroma. <laughs> the, the 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 dye number five, the red dye number five. Doctor Pepper, really you want to get all twenty three of those flavors. Yeah, you want to get all twenty three of those flavors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Earl Grey, lukewarm. <laughs> yeah, Earl Grey, lukewarm. Exactly. No one says that. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. For my second beverage, I am drinking a Zentopia Chill. It is a pineapple seltzer, uh, zero calories, which is not really? which is not usually a great uh, mm-hmm. telling for a beverage. But fifty milligrams of CBD. Oh, nice! There you go. So, you know what? Actually, I really enjoyed when I was uh, doing the dry January was huh. the hop waters. Hop waters are really good. Um, hop waters were excellent because they it felt like I was taste, drinking a beer because uh-huh. it had very good hop forward flavor. Uh, did you try the uh, the Klaus Tallers? The they're a German imported hopped water. No, I did not. Uh, they are fantastic. They are so so good. Is um, it really? Yeah, you can get them uh, a couple of the 
not chain grocery stores around. I think you know the two that mm -hmm. I'm talking about. You can get them there. Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, Klaus Toller. They're fantastic. Okay, uh, I'll have to go look for those because I'm actually thinking about making my own. I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. I'm thinking about just making my own hop water because mm -hmm. it's not that hard. You could get hops around here. It's super easy. Yeah. You just steep them in water for a while and you got hop water and you just got to carbonate it, right. which I have all the equipment for that. Yep. So just finding the right combination that I like is, is going to be um, – and then I could just put it on tap. I could have five gallons of hop water. Just you know, So if I want a nice non-alcoholic, zero-calorie, tasty beverage, yep. got it right there on tap. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I often do those instead of sodas because – Yeah. Even even when I want to do like a gin and tonic or something like that, I'll tend to go for the hop water over the tonic because sometimes even now the tonic is a little too sweet. Yeah. Um, and the the hop water's got this like crisp effervescence that just goes really well with that gin. Yeah. Yeah, Lagunitas hop water is fantastic. It's 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 probably the more readily available ones, but I found one that has some mango infused water with some hop in it that's absolutely delicious. Mm -hmm. I've had a few others that were you know, pretty standard on the same realm of like Lagunitas, but I'm just going to try making my own. Yeah. Let's see how it turns out. Yeah. Next story. Next story. I'm super excited about. Okay. Um, this has been a long time in the making. Um, I've been following this story for quite some time. It, it feels like seven or eight years is when I was tuned into it. Um, and uh, they had a fairly large announcement uh, this last week. Uh, so I wanted to talk about it. And that is the comeback of the DeLorean Motor Company. Mm -hmm. That DeLorean Motor Company. DMC with, with, out of Texas. With less cocaine. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, I prefer thermal paste anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, DMC, DeLorean Motor Company, is making a comeback with an all-electric vehicle that mm -hmm. is the original DeLorean. It is made from the original negatives and shells and molds of the original DeLorean. They are delivering a stainless steel body, gullwing doors, same interior, but electric drivetrain. Um, nice. Now, the reason I'm excited about this is because I've been following this for quite some time. Uh, like I said, I, I think I first stumbled upon this project in like 2013, uh, back when Tesla was starting to make a name for itself for something other than the Roadster, which was just uh, a rebranded um, right. Lotus Elise with an electric drivetrain. Um, so, yeah, you got that classic gullwing door, stainless steel body panel, totally 80s. Um, and they're trying to make a comeback. What makes this unique and, and why the story is so interesting is uh, DeLorean, when they went out of business, they were sold to various holding companies. And uh, most of the assets of DeLorean Motor Company have just been kind of held up in the ether. Uh, it's still there, yeah. Right. In 1997, uh, I forget the guy's name, but, but uh, a guy purchased the original assembly plant in Texas for the DeLoreans. When he took ownership of that plant, he found all of the original molds, uh, or most of the original molds for making a DeLorean, a, a DMC-12, uh, and new old stock of 
doors and chassis and internal yes. framings and and buttons and switches and and as, as far as i recall they had enough old stock that you can custom order a DeLorean, yeah whole delorean yeah. and they would build it for you yeah for a while yeah. you could buy you could buy a brand new delorean for forty five thousand dollars. they were selling yeah. them and you could order one um and uh, and i went that's really cool that they, they started doing the the selling the deloreans right around like 2008 2009 something like that perfect yep, time to yep, get yep. into a luxury car business of course <laughs> um but uh they they always had their eye toward uh possibly doing an electric vehicle because the delorean is the car of the future and so it should be electric right even back in 2008 or even back in 1997 they were thinking this mm -hmm. um Fast forward to about 2014, and they start showing off a couple of prototypes to uh, Motor Trend and, yeah. and 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 the like, and taking test drives on a track with an electric drivetrain DeLorean, um, and they were super cool. And they said, "We're trying to build this. We're trying to to get approval again and and start building cars right here in Texas again and deliver the exact same car that you remember as the car of the 80s from 1982." but in an electric version. And uh, here they come. That's right. <laughs> but of course, you know, that kind of like blows away the whole plot line for Back to the Future 3 at that point. Right. Because if it was an electric vehicle, then he would have no problem getting up to 88 miles an hour at that mm -hmm. point. Yeah. Oh, and the original drivetrain, like everyone always thinks the DeLorean is a sports car. No, it was not it, it, great. It was, it was an anemic V6 and 88 would have been sketchy uh, yep. <laughs> at best. Um, and I think it had like 115 horsepower from the factory. Yeah. Uh, it was just a cool looking car. Yeah. And that was about it. It was yeah. a cool looking grocery getter. Um, not a sports car, not sports handling. Now, a, a number of modders over the years have done, you know, what doesn't get an LS swap. And, right, exactly, and, yeah. and whatnot. And I've always thought that'd be really cool to have a DeLorean with an LS swap, but even more so, a DeLorean with an electric drivetrain. You know, all-wheel awesome. drive electric DeLorean that can do 250 or 300 miles, uh, and zero to sixty in that you know four to six second range. Like, yep, that's what I wanted to see out of this car. That's what we're gonna get. I hope so. Now, no word as to when they're supposed to have it out. No word on pricing, no word on availability, pre-order, right. whatever. Just just a teaser that it's coming. Yep. Yep. But timeless just look. Like the, just like the, what was it? What was it back then? The, the Phantom. I don't know if you remember the Phantom console. They had a bunch of teasers and a whole bunch of things. It it was teased around, um, I'm going to say 2004, 2005. And it was supposed to be a PC-oriented console. Oh, that right. Was, okay, and, okay, and, okay. And they had like yeah. all these, and they're like, and they, 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 they had all this kind of PR. They're like, this is what we're doing. It's going to be great. Yeah. And they had pictures of it and promos of it, but they never announced availability and they never announced pricing. And it never came out. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We did get a 1,000 yen super chat from Elmist Whoa. over in Japan. Thank you very much. Uh, he's been, he's been watching quite a bit lately. Uh, rip, rip to the uh, Y1 Lira SV315. Gone but not forgotten. It's actually right there still. <laughs> I haven't had the heart it's to move it yet. That's why it's not forgotten. Right. It's right there. Gone but not forgotten. <laughs> Join the Patreon so Jeff can buy a new server. 
Yes. <laughs> that would be helpful. Yeah. One that doesn't smell of electronic burning. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was funny is I had... Um, so if you haven't seen the video yet that I posted earlier today, um, I killed the server behind me. Not to spoil yeah. the ending, but uh, completely my fault. And what ticks me off is I knew better. I, I knew yeah. better than to do what I was doing, and I did it anyway. And uh, I went, maybe it'll work. No. Uh, so I had the uh, the extension ribbons, and I went, well, if I cut the finger off, it'll fit perfectly into the slot, and nothing will interfere, and it should just be a PCI Express X16. So mm -hmm. simple as that, um, which is a great theory. Uh, but there's nothing to stop you from plugging in it's electrically or this physically it's the same it's just longer and so anyone could have done this anyone could have plugged in the wrong pci card to this thing and it would have fried um so i just happened to plug a card in but because i cut the tail off with a dremel we already smelled a little bit of that burnt electronics because that's usually the burnt PCB the that after, you're smelling. Yeah, the after smell. Right, exactly. Lingering, yeah. Um, and so I had cut that and uh, put the riser card with no card attached to it, just the riser card in and uh, tried to power on the server and it went and I went, oh shoot, something's shorting out. And so I unplugged it and unplugged a couple of things and plugged it back in and still still nothing working um and right about that time we got a little bit of a bigger whiff of that burning electronic smell and i'm like there's no way that just plugging in a passive riser cable blew this thing up there, there's no way and then i picked up the pci card and i smelled it a little bit and i'm like it smells a little bit i put my nose down to the pci slot there's your culprit <laughs> <laughs> something blew up uh not no explosive fanfare, no sparks or anything like that. But no uh, fire. Oh, uh, too bad. But telltale, you know that smell. You know yes. that smell. If you're watching this uh, show, I, I, you know that smell. Anybody who's worked with electronics and experimented with them have have experienced that smell yep. at one point in time. Yep. Or you've never learned anything. <laughs> right. Yes. Um. Yeah, and, and there's magic smoke that makes electronics work. And once you let it out, you can't put it back in. Yes. I, I let it out. So that's what happened. <laughs> I got a $5 super chat from Scott. If you say the Phantom and don't follow it with of the opera, I will shout Billy Zane in whatever room I'm in. 100% just did that alone at home. Yes, Billy Zane was the Phantom in the movie The Phantom. Yep. <laughs> but there was a planned console based on PC called The Phantom. Yes. All right, we got some beer news to get on to. Uh, That's right. Starting with a West Coast uh, local story, local-ish. Uh, local-ish. Uh, I think it's... I think it's um all west coast pretty much yeah um, um so modern times beer based in san diego california uh has announced that they are closing four of their uh tap house locations yeah uh that includes portland oakland santa barbara and los angeles so modern yeah. times will stay uh uh centered in san diego but they are closing right. their northern west coast uh tap houses 
which is a real bummer because I really enjoy Modern Times. Yeah. Um, they, they do a lot of the big bourbon barrel age stuff. Mm-hmm. They do a whole bunch of stuff. And, and one of the other things um, that I, I read in this article is not only are they closing a lot of these things, is they are also ceasing distribution into the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So not only is their tap house closing down, you won't be able to go to a bottle shop anytime soon and pick their stuff up. You're going to have to be able to get modern times from services like Tavor and, and other beer, beer drop type of uh, uh, services. Yep. Which is unfortunate because, because modern times was one of those, one of those breweries that uh, I would see their beer and I'm like, you know what? It's a big beer. It's reasonably priced. It's got some interesting ingredients. Let me try it. And I've normally enjoyed yeah, just about everything they cranked out. Yeah, no, they're um, they're they're one of those brands that you could just go. That's probably going to be good. And yeah. their Monster Park series is excellent. Yes, I mean, their Monster Park stuff is 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 really really good. Yep. Um, and so I'm gonna miss them, and I kind of bummed because I never got to go to their mm-hmm. facility up in Portland. Um, and now it's gone. Well, I think it's gonna be gone by next week, is what they said. Yeah, but uh, oftentimes when moves like this happen, it starts to be the beginning of the end of, of breweries. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, you don't get, you don't increase your revenue by shrinking your mm-hmm. geographic distribution. Right. Um, so. And it, and it could, it, it could be one of those things where they expanded too fast, too soon. Um, and, and I've seen a lot of breweries do that too, where like they have a modicum of success Yeah. and they open up breweries in like five different locations all at once. Uh, and it just doesn't doesn't quite work out, and they have to shrink back. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not out of the realm of impossibilities that it will survive and it will continue on because you know places like Left Hand, mm-hmm. uh, who they kind of went through the same thing. They had to shut down a lot of locations and yep. they drew back a lot of uh, distribution and stuff like that too. But they're still still cranking stuff out to this day. Mm-hmm. A lot harder to get a hold of their stuff, but they're still putting <laughs> putting stuff out there. So. I hope Modern Times doesn't go away because I really do enjoy their beer. Uh, but it's just sad that it's not going to be as easily available uh, to a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest. Dual Bearded Tech says, just join the Patreon. First sub anywhere. Thank you. Thank you for nice. jumping in. Uh, two drink minimum. No. Yes. <laughs> no, it is a... Uh, it's a good time. It is a great bunch of people. Uh, what are we up to now as far as count goes? I think we were... I know we average about 350 active users per day. Uh, we're pushing 700 as far as... Uh, uh, in the in the Discord? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's doing really good then. Yep. No, it is, it is a great place. Um, and like Jeff said, uh, I'm there. John's there. Rhett's there. Um, all the people who normally chat during the the live shows are there. Yep, it's a great place, a lot of fun. Yes, and we always have the after party too. Always a fun time. Yep, yeah. About thirty minutes after the uh, the live show here, uh, we will jump on yep. to the Discord and do live video chat with anyone who happens to be awake at that ungodly hour. Yep, yeah. Ten thirty Usually, p.m. Yeah. <laughs> Pacific time. I'm usually on 20 minutes after because it takes me that long to pee uh, after the show. (laughs) (laughs) It takes me that long to empty it all out. Um, But yeah, no, it's a good time. So I I highly encourage some people, just a dollar a month, no big deal. Yep. Anwar sends over $50. 
Thank you so much. Uh, Man, cheers, nice. guys. Well, Enjoy some beer. I am indeed. In fact, I'm almost done with my Tom Peterson beer, and it's making me have a happy, happy day. <laughs> wake up. Wake up. Yeah, so for the people who didn't hear before, uh, and I know some people here do know who Tom Peterson is, but the people who don't know who Tom Peterson is, uh, I believe if you go to YouTube and search for his name, you will find some of his commercials. And they are probably the most 90s and 80s looking commercials you've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, even for Portland, which was uh, yeah. <laughs> about 10 years behind the times anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were very 80s. <laughs> okay. Uh a malevolent ghost is accused of shoving a pint of beer off a table in a 300-year-old pub. Steve, do you care to explain this one to me? <laughs> I just thought this this story was so funny. <laughs> okay, so looking at beer news, this one kind of popped up. And apparently, um, somebody thought there was, a, there was a, a, a beer, a pint of beer, sitting on a table. And there's people all around. And they, they do have video footage of this. Yeah. And the beer just all of a sudden just falls over, falls off the table. And uh, the uh, the proprietor of the establishment uh, went out and was like chewing the guys out. She's like, why did you guys spill the beer? It's like, well, we didn't do it. We didn't do it. Yeah. So she went back and looked at security footage. And sure enough, no one touched the thing. It had just fallen over. And she swears, she swears that she sees some kind of blurry image or something blurry moving over the the glass before it fell over so you know i don't know if you believe in ghosts or not i don't know some people do some people don't i looked at the video to be honest okay that glass was awfully close to the edge of that table yeah the part that i thought was funny is that the beer that that was spilled was coors <laughs> so so nothing of value was lost <laughs> nothing of value was lost obviously so either Either ghosts prefer Coors and they just can't get it and they get so frustrated they spill it or they absolutely hate Coors and they just like destroying it. <laughs> just picture that that ghost still hung over from 30 well, years like, earlier. Like the, 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 the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Yeah, he yeah. had to concentrate really hard to make something move. Yeah. So you must really, 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 really like that beer <laughs> to make it move or you must really, 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 really hate it to make it move. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, what ghosts prefer? I don't know. I'm thinking Coors. My bet would be on that. <laughs> are, ghosts, gonna go, are, are ghosts just gonna, compression artifacts? A missed B-frame? Could, could be. Could be. Could be. Could be that too. Yeah, it's probably just compression artifacts, to be honest. Honestly, that's what it looked like to me. You can go check out the link. And in the link, there's another link to the actual video. Yes. Um, and and <laughs> and the bad part is, is it's not a direct copy of the video. It's somebody filming the screen that's playing the video, which makes it even worse. So this is not this is not the greatest of evidence, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting and kind of fun nonetheless. It's kind of a fun little story. Yeah. So if you ever find yourself Excuse ghost me. hunting, sorry about that, <laughs> and you want to attract ghosts, just crack open a can of Coors and see if more come around. Yep. See if you get some of those. Uh, EM, EMFs or whatever. <laughs> EM, EMPs? EMH? EMPs. EMH? I don't know. Electric voice phenomena? The e, EVFs? 
EVPs. Emergency EVPs, medical hologram? I'm, EVPs, EVPs is what I'm talking about. EMH, EVPs. emergency medical hologram? <laughs> emergency medical holograms, yeah. Please state the nature of a medical emergency. Electronic voice phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Crux, Crux Fermentation Project. Crux Fermentation, a brewery that's near and dear to my heart. Yes. I love Crux. One of my favorite breweries down in Bend. Yep. They are Getting into whiskey. Whiskey. A lot like Rogue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rogue ales and spirits, for those who yes, don't know. So they're, although this is the only only thing that they've announced, and we've talked about Rogue spirits in the past yeah. and how much we kind of enjoy them because they have a particular Pacific Northwest flavor to them. Um, but this is this is interesting because it's a straight bourbon whiskey. Yep. It's 100 proof, so this is not anything small. This is a, a big boy mm -hmm. drink here, but it's from Crux. Um, and, uh, I don't know what's related to beer about this. <laughs> I'm guessing that after they sell these whiskeys, we're going to see some Crux beers that are aged in these barrels. I'm sure we would, will, because that's imagine. kind of their style. That's exactly their style. So we're going to see the, uh, full circulation of, um, uh, grain into whiskey then into the barrels, yep. then the beer into the barrels and then. Yeah. I will say, as, as good as Rogue is, it kind of feels like cheating when they do a barrel-aged stout and a stout-aged whiskey. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> well, that's why that's why Crux, they were jealous of them. Right. <laughs> so they're like, oh, we got to do this too. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I have a bottle of the, uh, the Rogue Stouted Whiskey, uh, which uh, basically is their, their Rogue bourbon whiskey that aged for four years. It's a straight bourbon whiskey. Um, yeah that they then took out of the barrel then they aged their stouted thunder imperial or their their mm -hmm. uh raging thunder imperial stout yes in the whiskey barrel for a year yes, it's pretty good uh yep. and that's a that's a special variant of their their uh their stout there when that was done they took the stout out of it and put a batch of whiskey back into the barrel into the barrel and, so and took the beer going. back out of the <laughs> They're just like, let's keep this party going. Right. We're gonna just, we're just gonna uh, <laughs> right. swap things back and forth. But like I said, it feels like, like cheating. Like they like, moved it like twenty the, feet. <laughs> like the egg in Tampopo. Uh, I don't know if you get. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they they do some fantastic stuff there, and and like I said, vice versa. Like they have just their standard stout, which they will empty their whiskey barrels and age their stout in that. Now they've got a barrel-aged stout. and It feels like cheating. Yes. As fantastic as it is, it feels like cheating. Uh, they didn't say, though, I was kind of reading, they didn't say, they said 100 proof, but they didn't say how long uh, it's, it's a four-year. This, this was aged. Four-year. It was a four-year. Okay, so they're doing four just like, just like Rogue. Okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't read that. It's on the bottle. Ah. Oh. There's a four now. <laughs> well, that's... Why would I read the article? Then we just read the bottom and get all the information. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, twenty-five minutes left, and we can get into Star Trek news. That's oh man, that's right. Yes, I, and I still have I still have another beer Ooh. too. Look at that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this one's a little a little esoteric. This one's a little odd, um, but I wanted to bring this up because. It's one of those things that is so easily brushed off, but also 
don't hate on your fans. Don't don't attack your fans. Don't mm-hmm. go after your fans. Don't DMCA your fans for posting screenshots of a trailer, which is exactly what happened. Uh, so there is a Twitter account called the Tech Central, the Trek Central, excuse me, um, that is currently suspended. Now, why is the Trek Central suspended? What? What could they have possibly done to anger Paramount CBS? Well, the most egregious of offenses, they watched the release trailer on a public stream uh, for Strange New Worlds, and they took some screenshots from that publicly available trailer and posted them on their Twitter. Not not copied video, not did, no, screenshots, screenshots to discuss it in a journalistic standpoint. Um much the same that I'm doing with the Trek Central Twitter page right now. I am rebroadcasting right. a still image. This this is, should be falling under fair use usage. It, it's fair adding, use because I'm adding commentary to. You're not displaying it like this is your product. This is right. hey, this is my Star Trek thing. No, you're taking a screenshot and saying, "This is what I think about it." Right. Yeah. Um. So, uh, the owner of that Twitter account goes by Captain Jack. Uh, who is a 12-year veteran on YouTube? Like he's he's been around the block. He knows fair use. He knows how to yeah. how to do all that. Um, and uh, he's pretty upset right now, and and agreeably so, because here he is trying to promote or or at least cover the trailer launch for Strange New Worlds, which is a much-anticipated Star Trek series coming out here shortly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he gets DMCA'd by Paramount, and Twitter suspends his account for for Millennium Copyright violations. Which is very weird. Which is very weird. <laughs> and and that, well, the weird that... that, that and very Nintendo-like would, of them. Twitter, well, I mean, I haven't seen that... that sometimes, because I know that with Twitter... They can't police everybody, so they probably have some automated algorithms will, that will shut you down based on how many reports something mm-hmm. had. And then they will review it if you protest based on that. Yeah. Um, so I would think that it's probably going to be within the day or two, maybe uh, hopefully reinstated, although I'm looking right now, and it's still suspended. It's still suspended. Ah, that just seems weird to me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand it. And this was three days ago, I want to say. This was... Was this really three days Sunday ago? Sunday or Monday? Now, um, now the Strange New Worlds trailer it wasn't like some kind of private event. This was a publicly available trailer. Publicly streamed trailer. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, we were just talking about uh, how Valve is like great with their customers. This is the exact opposite. Yeah. I do like the memes just... that are being posted about it, though. Oh, yeah. Attention, Viacom CBS. <laughs> Attention, Bajoran workers. <laughs> This is your illustrious leader, Gul Dukat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you wouldn't screen cap a public event. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, this was, uh, yeah, the 14th is when this went down. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So yeah, they, they haven't rectified the issue yet. I guess there hasn't been as much of an outcry. As there is, but it does seem really strange that just uh, they would ban somebody from screenshots. Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. It's an overreach. Mm-hmm. It should be corrected. 
But hey, what do I know? I'm not a uh, is, is, I'm not a is television CBS, studio. Is CBS hosting the trailer on their site, on their site only? Or is it on YouTube or something? Uh you know that I'm not sure. Uh I know I, don't, I, don't, I know the trailer is available on YouTube. I'm fairly certain. Okay, then if that is, I don't I, I don't understand. I don't understand why they would want why why they would do something like that. Who knows? Who knows in the world of Twitter? Let me see if it's on. I'm sure somebody uh, in the chat's going to tell me really quick. No, it is not available on YouTube. Okay, so they maybe they have it somewhere else. But even still, it's it falls under fair use for it should using it the way they fall were under using fair it. Use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless somebody unless somebody screwed up and it wasn't supposed to become public and they're trying to like cover their asses. I, I guess the trailer is still live though, somewhere. And it's publicly accessible. Uh-huh. So Is it uh, according to Captain Jack? Well, I guess he doesn't want to link to it, but let's yeah. see. Uh Strange New Worlds trailer. Let's see if you can find it. Um but this was not a small Twitter account. This was 75,000 followers. No, I know, I know. Uh, the Strange New Worlds teaser trailer. So we're not talking about the teaser trailer. We're talking about the actual, the actual trailer? trailer. Right. Well, the teaser trailer well, the most here on recent YouTube. One. Yeah, the teaser trailer is 11 uh, months old. Uh, this this was one that launched with the Super Bowl. Yeah, I can't tell if this is the one. It says teaser, so I'm guessing not. Yeah, the teaser is 11 like months old. looks like a bunch of crap from Discovery. Which I'm not a big fan of. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't really... Oh, wait. Uh, Star Trek New World's official tease. No, it's a teaser trailer. Maybe, and this is just speculation here, is that it may have... Well, it it may have been just supposed to be for the Super Bowl, and that was it, and it might have gotten leaked someplace else. I don't know. Yeah. But even still... Even still, even still, even it still. falls under fair use. That's that's that, exactly right. Exactly right. If it was broadcasted during the Super Bowl and it was publicly available right. in any kind of format, you should be able to screen capture that and be able to talk about it. Yep. Yep. Real we do greasy. it with every exactly. website we ever talk about here on the show. Exactly. I try exactly. not to play live video. In fact, on the next article, it was playing a live video that had some Star Trek imagery on it, and I went, "Well, yes. I don't want to get hit with that. CBS Viacom, exactly. so we'll yeah. just yeah. we'll just nix that." Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, for those who love to hate new Trek, there's a new old Trek coming out. Uh, yes. A new old new Trek coming out. This is the new old Kelvin universe uh, of Chris Pine fame. Uh, and this one is due out December 22nd, 2023. So almost a full two years away. Almost. But it reunites uh, the majority of the Chris Pine crew that is uh zachary quinto chris pine uh uh simon Pegg, carl urban zoe saldana and john cho uh all of them have signed up and uh apparently it is now in production so we will be getting a brand new kelvin universe star trek show uh whatever you think of the universe we're still getting one um i will say and i've I've said this a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I love the way that they did Star Trek 2009. 
the yes. the, the reintroduction of of the Kirk. I thought timeline. I thought it was I thought the first one was really good because they paid homage perfectly to the last one while also they carving did. their new niche and explaining yes. in canon why it's new. Yes. And I went, that's perfect. You yeah. you can't piss they off anyone doing that. Right. Um, they did it right. And then they just rehashed Wrath of Khan in number two. And I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. They, they could have gone their Write own way. Write your own, own story, thing. for God's right. sake. They wanted to do a Wrath of Khan that wasn't Wrath of Khan. Okay. You cannot. You, and instead we got a species bent. Like I know. Like you had you had Kirk drawn up to be even more of a badass because, you know, now he grew up without a father and he's got a chip on his mm-hmm. shoulder even more than James T. Kirk had. Yeah. Um, and uh, and whatnot, and you have Zachary Quinto who now has to deal with uh, you know the loss of Vulcan and everything else, so mm-hmm. he can be a little bit edgier and whatnot. Which we got a slightly edgier Spock in uh, in Star Trek Two, um, and uh, or Into Darkness, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead, what we get is is Kirk doing the the species flipped thing with uh you have and always will be my friend it's like oh come on yeah that is not kirk in any universe no no they should have left it alone because i have a real uh uh soft spot in my heart for the original star trek 2 wrath of Khan. Yeah. ricardo montalban as the best star trek movie in my opinion that's out there still we talked about this first it's contact been- would like a word <sighs> First contact's okay. No, Rathacon's still better. First contact would like a word. It's it's good. No, Rathacon's. Better. Sorry, Rathacon. Is that the one with the whales? That was a good one too, but it doesn't have Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> Without Ricardo Montalban, you got nothing. And that's why Into Darkness. I mean, I like Benedict Cumberbatch. He's great Doctor Strange. Yeah, but he's no. He's no con. He's no con. He's no con. He's not a good con. He doesn't even look like a con. Yep. <laughs> Come on. But yes, I did like the 2009 one. It, it the the reboot was a great way of doing a reboot. Mm-hmm. It paid homage to the original, but it explained why things were different. They actually explained why things were different, and uh, and and you still got the essence of the characters were still there, and it was fun. I mean, yes, there were a ton of lens flares in there. It was everywhere, but you know, okay, what's well, their style? It was still a fun movie. Yeah. But the the two after after that it's just it's just not that great. Beyond was awful for Yeah, that uh, was not good. <laughs> there were so many leaps to make in that movie. Yes. Uh like why was Kirk driving a Harley Davidson that they found on this planet that just happened to have the carburetor tuned for that specific atmosphere and and Oh yeah, it was totally fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you found an old derelict spaceship that you got running. Okay, I'll believe that one, but yeah, why are you literally surfing this old ship on a wave of drones that's exploding because you're playing Beastie Boy Sabotage? Like for yeah. God's sake! Come on, that was that was really bad, awful. <laughs> and any problem that can be solved with, we just beamed them into space, uh, yeah. is not a good plot point for a Star Trek show. No, it is not. Yeah, I was not I, I was not impressed with the next few movies. Yeah. This one is supposed to be helmed by the same people who did WandaVision, mm-hmm. which I quite enjoyed mm-hmm. WandaVision. So I have some hope for it. Yeah. Um but we'll see. 
Um, we'll have to see what they what they crank out and how they make it work. But <laughs> waiting for Star Trek O'Brien. Yes. Yeah, for Star Trek O'Brien. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I can't. It can't be any more. Hopefully, it's not any more. I don't know. Did you watch the uh, the uh, last episode of Book of Boba Fett? I did. Did you? What did you think of that? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. Did it. you? Yes. I, <laughs> I I did too. It was it was fun, uh-huh. but it was ridiculously eye rolling. Oh, it was so. Yeah. I my I was laughing and rolling my eyes at the yeah. same time. That whole spin and shoot <laughs> the memes are great coming out of that one <laughs> when, I, when i first saw that i just about fell off the couch there's only so How much stupid it was. now um look at all they had to do was have boba fett riding the rancor that's all they had to do yeah they didn't have to do anything more yeah that, that once you once you saw the rancor and see him talking about it yeah. you knew that was going to happen right that's what the fans wanted to see that's all they wanted to right. see. right now i will say I enjoyed the book of Boba Fett. It's mm-hmm. definitely sub-tier from Mandalorian. Yes. It also had a sub-tier budget for Mandalorian. Well, it uh, it also had some episodes of the Mandalorian. Right, it also had two it. episodes of Mandalorian <laughs> stuck in the middle of it. Um, the ending battle was incredibly drawn out. Yeah. And had so... F- and, 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 and a little silly. Come on. It's, it was and a silly. little silly. But... Sometimes Star Wars is a little silly, and that's okay. And and so I mean, the the campiness of it didn't make it less enjoyable for me. What made it less okay. enjoyable was um, just how long it was, because yes. you only ever see like eighteen people in the entire episode, right? Yet we're well, you, yet we're meant to a, believe a... that forty eight people died on either side. That was that was a budget <laughs> limitation. You right. can tell. Yeah, budget, and, yeah. and so. I tried to ignore that aspect of it and just accept mm-hmm. it for the story that it was telling. And the story mm-hmm. was overall pretty darn good. It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I know as a lot of people are asking about spoilers and stuff mm-hmm. in here. Okay, fine. I, I will. I will try to make it as yeah. spoiler free as possible. I did like the first couple of episodes because it did go into a lot of his backstory. Yes. Especially about how he got out of the Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some nonsensical things in there. Uh, mainly. <laughs> so one of them was, okay, he, I, I can't, I don't know how I can do this without giving any spoilers away. Sorry. Uh, well, don't he, don't give any spoilers for the final episode, but I think uh, well, not, not not for this final. Episode. Okay. This is nothing to do with the final. Episode. Yeah. This is something to do with the middle. Yeah, he crawled out of the Sarlacc pit with his armor on. You see him yeah, coming yeah. out with the armor on. Yeah. Why did he once he got Slave One back? Why did he go back to the Sarlacc pit to look for his armor? I don't think he had any recollection of how he got out. That that could be. I mean, that seems kind of a little far fetched, though. Because remember, I mean, the only reason he survived the Sarlacc pit was because of his armor. Right. He survived because of his armor. And um, so the only but, reason he'd be able to get out of there as, is because of his but armor. But as soon as he got out of the Sarlacc pit, he collapsed. Yes, I understand. He was he was collapsed. He, he collapsed in a heap and, and was torn and apart Jawas. by Jawas. Yeah. And then beaten within an inch of his life like a dozen times by the Sand People. Yeah. Yeah. He's not all there, is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I get that, but it just seems like a huge plot plot hole to me. And then the other part that I didn't like, and this is this does have to do with the last episode, was he has Jabba's palace, uh-huh. right? Highly defensible mm-hmm. area with giant doors that are not easy to penetrate. The, the girl convinced him to stay because... Yes! Yeah. Because she drives a colorful scooter? I, I, why did he listen to her? I That's... liked the scooters. <laughs> no, the scooters were No, dumb. I liked the scooters. I... <sighs> they were so cheesy. <laughs> so? I mean, I get there would be like a subculture within like Tatooine why wouldn't and, there and be? teenagers of the time. Right. Okay, I, he, I, get, I get that. He, I, I was kind of I was thinking, greaser type of thing. I was thinking of this earlier today. I was thinking of why is it in Star Trek and Star Wars equally? Mm-hmm. Yes. An entire planet can only do one thing. And what I mean, yes, what I mean I, by I've that, talked about that, what I mean by that, that is they go to Risa to relax on the beaches. Risa mm-hmm. doesn't have a casino district. It doesn't have high rises right. and, and, and enterprise. Right. It doesn't yes. have a, a trading depot. It doesn't have a spaceport. Right. It's just yes. beaches and hookers. Yeah. Like, I know. what is that? Star Wars is Star Wars is really bad about that. Right. Well, Star Trek like, like, is too. Think about it. Yeah. Ta- Tatooine. Oh, we just only, we only got deserts here. Yeah, we got a whole we, planet of we, deserts. We got guys. two suns and one great big <laughs> dune sea. We're, we're going, yeah, exactly. We're going, we're going to, uh, uh, the Dagobah, where it's just a whole swamp planet. The planet's all swampy. Right. Just one big swamp. Right. Uh, you've <laughs> got like, Hoth, which is the frozen planet. You've, yeah, you've got Coruscant, which is one giant city. Which I'll buy Coruscant's the one giant city. Right, I get that. Um, but I mean, like, you don't have any planets that have, like, deserts and forests right. and all kinds of things. Right. There's a, a lot of sci-fi does that. that yeah. That's like, this uh, planet one... is this thing. One that I actually have been watching lately and just started up again was Raised by Wolves. It's an HBO show. Yeah. But they actually do it right because they have parts of the planet that are more hostile. Like mm-hmm. this is the temperate zone. If we make it to the temperate zone of the planet, it will be much more forgiving than the outskirts, which is like rocky and horrible to live in uh, and, and very hostile. The The comments are great right now, by the way. Uh, oh, I haven't been following. Beach hookers for the win. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Earth is only Los Angeles. No, correction. Earth is only San Francisco. Yeah. Um, Risa Industrial and Manufacturing. Nope, can't do it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> their their only export. Their only their only industry is tourism yep. and and prostitution. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Only swamp. Uh, Kashyyyk was all one giant forest. That's true. That's true. Kashyyyk was only one giant forest. Yeah. Yeah. So so was uh so was Endor. Naboo was the most diverse planet. Yeah, because they had the forests above ground, and then they also had the orbs below it, and water going through the planet core. And they also had sand, which um he hated. It's so coarse; it gets everywhere. Uh, there was no sand on Naboo. He was he was on Tatooine. He was. Oh no, he was. Talking he was talking about, about it on Tatooine, Naboo. Tatooine, how he hated. But it. he was in a wheat field when he was talking about how he hates sand. Yeah, they, but they probably got sand somewhere on Naboo. I'm sure they got a beach somewhere. I'm sure they got hookers somewhere. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she dressed like a geisha. I mean, come on. No magnetic field on Naboo? That is true. (laughs) Uh, We're a Star Trek family here. Earth is definitely San Francisco. It's exactly right. Of course. Someone got the reference. Thank you. 
I think there was a, there was a few times in Star Trek where they referenced going to other places, but they never showed them. It was all San Francisco because that's where the Federation headquarters Look at was. Kronos. It's like one giant freaking volcano with temples all throughout Yes, it. that's true. That's like, true. It's like... <laughs> a planet can the... only be one thing in a sci-fi show. Well, okay. Kronos makes sense because... Klingons are, you know, hardcore warriors, hard built. So you, you don't have farmers. Farm. No, there's no. You don't have. You don't have they, markets. They, you don't have a casino. You, you must. How do you, you get your have, blood wine? Who makes the blood wine? Someone's got to farm the grubs. The, the, the people. The, 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 Where do you get your gok from? The Klingon warriors who are not that great of a warrior. They they end up. They end up uh, flunking out of warrior school. Minoring in in uh, Klingon winemaking and and gach cookery <laughs> because they're just not great warriors. Yeah. They just can't hack it. So you know that's what you get. So there's there's still an industry. I, there, I, I but, like you know. the uh, the ogre from uh, Lower Decks. I love to read. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. That's that's kind of why I like Lower Decks quite a bit because it kind of explores the other aspects of things right. like that. Not everything is is and A that's or B. Humorous. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I I agree with you that a lot of sci-fi really does uh, planets mm-hmm. horribly. It's always just one type of planet. It's never a diverse uh, a biome or whatever. Like. <laughs> It's always just one thing. <laughs> Rev says they showed New Orleans when, uh, or New Orleans, excuse me, uh, when New Orleans, S- New Orleans, uh, when Cisco visited his dad. And by New Orleans, I mean they showed tight shots of alleys on sets in Los Angeles. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, it's either L.A., San Francisco, or Vancouver. I think is kind yeah. of like the main shooting locations. Yep. I mean, Chateau Picard is supposed to be in France, right? Right. Yeah. On your chateau. Um, you know, and uh, they've also got that rock formation that was both the Gorn planet and uh, where uh, the <laughs> Bill and Ted died. Where Bill and Ted died, and it's <laughs> where Voyager oh, no, was, it's a, Voyager was dropped when the Kazon took over Voyager. It's a, uh, it's a very famous rock. I, yeah, I, it's, it's my brother's been there several times in LA. Yeah, yeah, he's um, hiked he's hiked past that rock several times. Yeah. Uh, it's also where Raffi made her her home. That's where she was living That's in right. the uh, the derelict trailer. That's right. Yeah, on your chateau, <laughs> chateau pecan. Well, ah, this was quite good. Any other? It's yeah. It's you like that? Very simple. I I, I didn't I didn't talk about. My Imperial Peanut Butter Cup. Yes, how was that? It is quite good, Yeah, actually. That was a peanut butter milk stout, right? It's a peanut butter milk stout. Okay. 10%, and I'm starting to feel it right now. Um, but it's Vasquez very creamy. Rock. There it is. Vasquez Rock, yeah. there you go. Thank you, Rev. Go ahead. It's very smooth, very creamy, and it has a fair amount of peanut butter flavor to it. Uh, but not overpowering. Very balanced. Has a good chocolate flavor, good peanut butter flavor. Uh, yeah, it's quite excellent. I mean, they got the little dude, the little peanut butter cup with the crown on it. It's about right, man. Tastes good. I chug this down my throat in day. Mmm. There we go. There you go. Nice. Very good stuff. 
highly recommend if you guys like peanut butter stouts. Only complaint, it's a little on the boozy side. Uh, but uh, I could go for that right now. Like, like <laughs> people who just chug whiskey, you know what? Uh, that's not really a detriment. Come on. I, I, I like I like things tasting a little boozy sometimes. Yep. Oh, excuse me. It's been a long day. <laughs> uh, well, did anyone have any questions? We got like five minutes left. Yeah, some people were saying about the expanse showing. Uh, uh, well, the expanse stays in our solar system for the most part. Right. Um, and of course, if it time... shows Earth, it's going to show multiple climates. Well, they did. They did. They did that. do a pretty. Yeah, because yeah, that's that's Earth. Um, and of course, you know the other places, uh, uh, Ganymede and stuff like that. All the space stations are space stations. Mm -hmm. um, although I think they did show some scenes that were on some moons, but those are known, you know, atmospheres. They they mm -hmm. know what the planet looks like, uh, so those could be modeled. They when they do go through the ring, they do explore other planets. And it was just this last season that, well, then not this season. This season, and the, a couple seasons before. They did show uh, alien planets, although they were taking place in a small, limited area. So you don't really know if the whole planet is like that or not. Right. They don't really say one way or the other. But well, most of Expanse takes place in outer space anyway, so it's just like that's pretty good. Yep, yep. What's your thoughts on GN showing up at New Egg's door? Um, I'm not going to comment on uh, we any about form that, of yeah. drama. Yeah. Um, I did state on my Discord server earlier today because people wanted to know my take. Um, Steve had a bad experience. He's heard about others with bad experiences. Yes. I myself, I, I myself have not had a bad experience as a customer of New Egg. I had. I did have some interactions with Newegg uh, PR uh, on the business side of things uh, for Craft Computing. They weren't the best with communication with me and there was enough kind of like going, I don't want to jump through all these hoops that I just decided not to work with them. And it wasn't really even for a negative reason. It was just because I felt to me it wasn't worth the investment on my end of things, I've been invited to be on their podcast a couple of times. I've been invited to be a featured guest on on live streams uh, and whatnot. And a couple of times I've responded and I just haven't heard back. And so it's like, eh, screw it. Like, I got other things to do. Um, yeah. So I have no real negative things to say about Newegg myself, but myself is anecdotal. And that's true. So yeah. I mean, me too. I mean, I've never had any problem with Newegg personally. Mm -hmm. But then again, I only order from them like maybe once or twice a year. Right. So, uh, I mean, they used to be one A one B with Tiger Direct back in yes. you know the late two thousands, early early twenty mm tens. -hmm. Um, then Tiger Direct fell under, got bought by Comp USA, went down, came back up. Like, eh, yeah, New Egg it is for like five or six years. Yeah. Um, in fact, as late as like two thousand sixteen seventeen, I was buying almost exclusively from New Egg. Um, yeah. And then Amazon started getting way better with keeping yes. things in stock and getting tech stock. And Amazon's been kind of my one-stop shop since then. Yes. Um, 
especially since they're being as competitive as Newegg is. Right. I mean, prices normally are one to one. And um, and yes, I know Steve is going to Newegg. Um, I'm not going to comment on that situation. That's that's asking for drama. I I try to avoid the drama. So. Yeah, I shopped at Newegg before they were totally online because uh, Newegg used to be uh, Egghead Software. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Believe so yeah, because yeah. Egghead Software used to be uh, yes. you could you could rent software from Newegg Software. Yes. Uh, you used to be able to go there and rent stuff from them. Yeah. Long time ago. <laughs> Wasn't it Egbert Software? No, I think it was called uh, Egghead. Egg, Egghead, excuse me, Egghead. Yeah. yeah. No, there was a there was an Egghead where I grew up, and in fact, I bought. Yes, there was there was an Egghead in Clackamas. Yep. I used to go to quite a bit. Yep. Yeah, there was uh, one near where I grew up. Uh, I bought some of my first giant software purchases there. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was that, and and there was because uh, I software etc <laughs> was the other one. So- software etc. Well, uh, there was one in Salem that I used to go to quite a bit. Um, that. Uh, not only rented PC stuff, but they also rented Amiga software. Mm-hmm. And that was pipeline software. And I used to go there quite a bit because they had a big Amiga library mm-hmm. and I can go there and just rent Amiga games and then copy them and take yeah. them back. <laughs> yeah. One thing I will say um, on the situation is the motherboard in question from Gamers Nexus was an open box item. Uh, open box items are typically sold in resellable condition, maybe with some missing accessories, and they're usually at least visually inspected. At some point in the process, that probably just didn't happen, and a motherboard got sold that was defective. As the customer of said board, it's also your responsibility to check items that you receive. Um, And do your due diligence and not let it sit in the box for a month. I don't know the timeline. Uh, I'm sure someone does, and I'm sure Steve has documented it, but I'm not sure the timeline of Steve receiving the item and then sending it back to Newegg um, in in which that happened. I don't know. Uh, what I will say is any box that arrives on my door, I immediately open because I did a lot of shipping and receiving in my last job with $100,000 purchases. Uh, oh, yeah. You inspect things when they arrive and you do your due mm-hmm. diligence and uh, respond with great urgency if there's something wrong. Because if you report an issue four months later, it's kind of your issue at this point. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not speaking on the timeline, but <laughs> if you buy an open box item and you don't inspect it and then you just send it back, it kind of feels like you're asking for trouble. Um, now again, that's anecdotal. That's my own opinion. Should Newegg have done better? Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. So there you go. There we go. Dang it. They talked me into talking about it anyway. Well, it was, it was, it was a small comment, but it wasn't like a big stance. Yeah. Yeah. So when you buy something from a company, especially if you buy refurbished, open box, etc., yeah. which I often do to find deals. You're, yeah, uh, refurbished, you you got you got a you got a crapshoot there, right? No what refurbished, you usually don't get your warranties. You're lucky if you get ninety day, and it's on you to 
act as quickly as possible if there is a problem. You don't open the box and you return it a month, six weeks later, and it comes back as damaged. Guess what? That's that's kind of on you for not reporting the damage yeah. when you received the item. When you received it, yeah. But it wasn't a one-off. I know it's not a one-off. I know it's not a one-off issue. And I know Steve has heard about more issues. Um, I've heard of I've heard of like egregious issues from Newegg where yeah. people literally received an empty box, and yeah, they try to be like, "Hey, I, I received an empty box," and they're like, "No, you didn't." Yeah, <laughs> our records say that we sent it out. And I'm like, "Yeah, your records could be wrong, though." Yeah, and they just refuse to like look at it. So right, and and here's the deal: um, scammers usually get found out pretty quick. Um, and scams happen all the time. Shockingly enough, customers lie sometimes. Quite often, oh, yeah. actually. Uh, Sellers lie, customers lie. Exactly. Um, Both. As a legitimate you, customer, it's still partially your responsibility to take receipt of an item and inspect it for use. And... Something as simple as taking two minutes to open the box and look at the pins and go, oh, the pins arrived bent, and then sending an email that day for an RMA, that avoids this entire situation. Yeah. At, at least as far as Steve's experience goes. Doesn't nullify other issues that I've heard of from Newegg uh, that, have, that have cropped up over the last couple of weeks. But it is what it is. Well, I think, I think it also could be that Steve has created the uh grievance room so like there's probably been like grievances throughout this whole time mm -hmm. but the fact that this is so high profile that right. this huge flood right. is coming in now yeah but you know i'm sure like because amazon has third-party sellers mm -hmm. and i'm sure there's people scamming systems there too i'm sure amazon has similar policies yeah it's just that there hasn't been a big enough uh, um, brouhaha about the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just it happens. Yeah, Bearded Tech says, I had an RX 550 show up damaged and they refused the whole thing. Um, if you receive something damaged, if you bought it on a credit card, just do a chargeback. Yeah, just do, do a chargeback. Do a chargeback and call the company and say, I need an RMA for this that's because I'm not paying for a broken item. That's 100% why I yep. buy everything online with a credit card. Yep. And so that is your consumer protection on, on your side. That is your credit card company working on your behalf is you have that option. Um, so very few people take advantage of that. Um, I've had to use that a couple of times because I've received items and they were broken. Yep. Um, I've had to do this from eBay purchases. I've had to do this from a couple of retail purchases where something arises damaged mm -hmm. and I report the damage and they say, well... You accepted the package, so it's your deal now. No, it's not how shipping and receiving works. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Uh, inspect your packages in a timely manner. Report issues in a timely manner. And if the comp if the seller will not play yeah. ball with you, that, you have consumer only, protection as well. Yeah, that shows your due diligence. Right. I mean, if you do it right away as soon as possible, that's mm -hmm. your due diligence. And that, that shows your... Uh, um, earnest effort to to rectify the situation correct and yeah. again uh you've got ufd chiming in uh with with his experience with Newegg and miscommunications and and breakdowns there and non-responses honestly that was 
part of my experience with Newegg, and I had emails from those same two people that he mentioned, D and A, in his video. Um, so, yeah, there's a reason I didn't work with Newegg, is I wasn't all that thrilled with the back and forth, the communication, the pre-business business dealings. And uh, there was also issues with their commission sales uh, or their affiliate links where they had their own affiliate links and then they went to another company and then that company just like suddenly dropped them and then brought them back up. And it's like, I'm not going through the rigmarole for the money that I'd get off their affiliate links. So I've just never right. done Newegg affiliate links after that. I, I think I did them for like two months. And then in those two months, just nothing, nothing they were available on one platform and then dropped. And then they said, oh, we're available on this other platform. And so I signed up for that other platform and they said, ah, never mind. And then they dropped mm. and then they came back up and it's like, I'm not playing this game uh, because the links still worked. They still sent you to the product, but for some reason now you don't get the affiliate sales because you're using the old links, not the new links. It's, no. So yeah. Shady, not shady. I don't know too much work that I do know. <laughs> so Yeah. Anyway, I think that's uh, yeah. The onus shouldn't be on the customer. Up. The customer has some onus in the transaction, though. The transaction's not complete they... until you accept until you receive the shipment, accept it, and there's no issues. If there's issues yeah. and you don't report those issues in a timely manner, the onus is still on you. Yeah, there as, is personal as a, responsibility as a, as a, in a two-way transaction. A, as a company, to think that the customer is going to be a hundred percent altruistic about the about everything 100% of the time is foolhardy. Right. There's scammers out there right. who will scam a company just as much as there's companies out there that will scam the customer. Mm -hmm. Both consumer and uh, companies have to be, you know, do their due diligence on yep. both sides. And as George says, it doesn't take that long to open a package. No. I, I receive dozens of packages a week. I open every single one of them the day they arrive for this exact reason. So... There you go. <laughs> That's all I'll comment on the situation. I'm not going to comment on him flying out. I'm not going to comment on Newegg's response because I'm not involved. So. But I can take the consumer protection aspect. Anyway, this has been episode 223, Yay! right? 223? Yep, yes. yes, 223. Yes, 223 yes. here on Craft Computing, Talking mm -hmm. Heads. Thank you all so much for watching. If you like this one, make yes. sure to hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Follow me on Twitter for daily shenanigans. Uh, follow Steve on Twitter if you can find him. You can find him. If you can find him. Uh, dude's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he is there. I am there. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Jack Sparrow, but you have heard I'm, of him. I'm, I'm, I'm more on OnlyFans than I am on Twitter. Right, right. He's, no, just <laughs> he, he's more into other social media. Alternative platforms, as we say. Alternative, yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh... Anyway, uh, new videos always coming out. Uh, I'm hoping to have another new video on Saturday. Uh, and we should be doing two a week at least from here on out. Think about joining the Patreon if you want some behind-the-scenes access, exclusive content, and the opportunity to chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, plus a yep. bunch of other creators that like to hang out there. We've got... Techno Tim, Jeff Geerling, Lawrence Systems, they're all Ian Cutteris. They're all they, they all hang out. They all hang yeah. out in my Discord. Yeah. Which yeah. should tell you it's the best darn Discord around. Yeah, exactly. So thank you all for watching. Uh we're here every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. And as always, we will see you next week. Next week, guys. Cheers all. See ya.
There we go. Oh, we're out. Okay.